1: going on everybody welcome back to the project manga podcast where we cover aliens area sakamoto days mission yosakura family jujutsu kaisen my hero and one piece week to week back this week covering weekly shonen jump issues number 36 and 37 i'm your host eagle Knox. and i'm melianis and as always before we get started we would ask that you take a look in that description box down below where you can find links to any and all of our individual social media accounts like twitter Um, online communities such as discord audio listening platforms to consume the podcast on as well as the link to our patreon if you want to support what we do even more than you do already just by watching um also slap a like on the video and uh, subscribe to the channel so you get more fire content week to week also use the timestamps down there you can navigate yourself through the video and avoid spoilers for series you're not caught up in um and yeah, as most of you probably know, Jump is on break next week, so uh, there'll be no Jump episode, but we will be doing a tie-in in its place, so just kind of, you know, keep eyes on the Project Manga Twitter and in the Discord, and we'll kind of keep you guys up to date on the time it'll come out and what the topic will be. Um, so yeah, with all that being said, man, <laughs> fire-ass weekend Jump, bro. Yes! Uh, Mellow, Mello, what do you think is the chapter of the week?
2: Oh, That's a tough one, that's a tough one, because... Man. I'm leaning towards my hero just ah. for like sheer impact but then like if we're going for like huge it's just because the payoff is bigger because like I feel like for Yozakura that was like my initial one because was like great impact
0: yeah it's a pretty big but, chapter like,
2: yeah. my hero's been cooking this one a little longer and like I think that's the that's what does it for me.
1: okay yeah. Okay, okay. So My Hero from L.O. MAX, what you think? <clears throat> I, I, this one was tough for
0: me too, because I feel like there's multiple chapters this week that just gave yeah. us a lot. You know what I mean? Um, it's, yeah. it's it's hard not to say My Hero just because of how major the, the cliffhanger at the end of this chapter was. But also just like One Piece's world building just got pretty crazy. Um, and like Jujutsu Kaisen and Yozakura family are all on like really similarly high stakes cliffhangers as well. So I don't know, um, gun to my head, I'm probably just going to say My Hero Academia, but I'm like leaning more towards One Piece, honestly, just like right now, like before the conversations, before the conversations, you know what I mean? But like One Piece has been in my head rent-free since I read the chapter on Friday. So (laughs) yeah. yeah, what about you?
1: Ah, it's I mean, like you guys both said, it's a tough ass week to pick one chapter that stands above the rest. But Mm. I think it's going to be probably a My Hero sweep this week, just because, like, you know, I don't know. I mean, One Piece had some massive world building and some some great stuff there. But yeah, I think just My Hero, like. My hero also, has to take it, right? Some, yeah. Some, like, a really fire cliffhanger that had the community in shambles. Yeah, for real. And also, like, some really, like, low-key reveals, in my opinion, that are actually monumental. Mm, mm. So I think, yeah, for me, my hero takes it. My hero mm-hmm. all across the board. My hero, sweet. At least before the conversations, like yeah, you said. Yeah, for sure. You know, maybe we'll change our minds. One of us will be like, yeah, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm <laughs> taking it back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Well, shit, with that being said, we should just jump right into it, huh? Yeah. Aliens area, chapter 10, first chapter of the night, convenient space goods. Double digits. And, uh, yeah. Double digits, finally. Yeah. Um, really cool that we're getting to like kind of meet agents from other squads now as well. I really hope that we get some, like, kind of multi-squad task force arcs and, like, collaboration missions in the future so that we can maybe get more familiar with these these interesting kind of side characters that we get to meet in this chapter.
0: Yeah, it's a big question. Like, we're introduced to them right now and we're interacting with them right now, but, like, are we going to be with them, like, on the field anytime soon or is it just going to be for this training and then it's going to be some more Tatsumi and, and Shiraku or, like, at least Foreign Affairs 5 stuff solo, you know, for a while before we start getting, like, you know extra um extra areas of the organization involved in conflicts like actual conflicts outside of training it's a big question i want to say because it's like if if the cast gets too big in these conflicts too quickly then that can be a lot for some people but also if if we stay you know too isolated on foreign affairs five for too long knowing that there's this other world building potential around it or um uh character you know like faction uh, areas of Foreign Affairs Five building that could be there, then we'll wonder like when are they gonna when are they coming back? You know what I mean? So it's, yeah, well, but it, it feels good. Get right into right now. The territory. Yeah,
1: right. Like, we're not going. We're not going fast enough here because people fucking. <laughs> yeah. Attention spans are low, man. <laughs> <way>. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but I love this chapter, <laughs> man. It's like right on time, dude. We like we we were wondering like in the assassin stuff, like dude, the equipment stuff is finally. You know, we're finally getting, you know, breakdowns, like, focused breakdowns of the equipment usage, and it just feels like
1: it's right on time. Yeah, and even though we're not getting, like, an in-depth breakdown here, like, I do like, I do really like the baseline kind of explanation that we get of how all equipment pretty much works across the board in terms of, like, obviously there being a power supply and an output device. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this at least kind of provides us a baseline strategy when it comes to like disabling them for the most part. Obviously you can pretty safely assume that one doesn't work without the other, which we kind of saw in Shiraku's fight against uh, twin blades. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I forget his real name, but yeah. Yeah. And <coughs> and that was uh, a part ta- of it.
0: Yeah. Twin blades. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause
1: yeah, the very end of it, he kind of, I feel like he broke his output yeah. device. And he, and he said something about it. He was like, oh yeah, now this is broken. So you're fucked. You know, mm-hmm. Um, but I like. I feel like Tatsumi kind of gained a new respect for and appreciation for Shiraku's skill this chapter when he tried to use the fucking gravity control device. Yeah, <laughs> he was like, Whoa. I was laughing my ass off. Like, bro, you can't just jump straight to the big dog's tech, man. Right, you're t- yeah. you too green for that, bro. Right, like
0: you dude, too you're green for that. You're brand new. Like, relax, bro. I'm, and I'm pretty yeah. sure there was dialogue that said that this stuff is like really high learning curve before they. Even, yeah, yeah. Like, Shiraku said uh,
1: like you basically need to go through astronaut training in order to like control this. He says on page 12,
3: mm-hmm.
1: ah, how do you control the shiraku? And he says, you need special training like what astronauts receive my output devices and my walking stick. Sometimes you can pick a specific. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's definitely a, a high skill floor. Yeah. Equipment. Yeah. Is this a
0: um on page like well I guess it's not really page 9. But page 9 is when he uses it. But like when he when he opens up the suitcase and shows the katana, you know, handle and the gun, I'm wondering if that like gun is like a cricket reference to Men in Black, right? Remember how they had like oh. the no, the noisy cricket like the super tiny yes. gun and then like Will Smith was like what the fuck is that? I want the big dog. Like, what do you mean? Give me the real gun. And he was like, that is a real gun. <laughs> and then when he finally had to use it, he fucking shot it and went flying down like three city blocks and was like, oh, no, nah, this is the one. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like he seeing to, this like... tiny pistol shoot a big, you know, bullet. Not, not really a big bullet, but.
1: It was like a displacement wave.
0: Yeah. It was but, a nice yeah. size
1: bullet, especially for a gun of that size. Yeah, like there was some looks recoil like it has on it. Stopping power. Yeah. And he does actually note specifically that most alien weapons are very powerful, um, but very power hungry. And so they've kind of rigged their gun equipment. You know, humans have.
0: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Reverse we've rig- engineered
1: it in a way where yeah. you know, we get multiple weaker shots.
0: Okay, so originally this was the Cricket then. And they just modded it to shoot smaller. Smaller rounds or smaller impacts from the, or smaller recoil shots, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: I appreciate that because it helps it, like, bring it down to a level of technology that's comparable to, like, Mm -hmm. what Earth has. Yeah. And I really appreciate that in there.
0: Yeah, plus you can't just have it be, like, the actual, like, noisy cricket, you know what I mean? Like, you can have the reference, you can make it feel like Men in Black, but you have to, like, tweak it to some degree to where it's not just the actual thing again you know what i mean like
3: mm-hmm.
0: yeah and, and the, the line of dialogue for it is like really good on that most what most alien weapons are powerful but very power hungry but we've rigged ours for multiple weaker shots like that makes sense for humans to do you know what i mean when they get this when they get this technology because it's like sure an alien you know what i mean with a completely different physiology and then humans can like have that noisy cricket gun and shoot the giant rounds off of it and the recoil probably isn't that drastic for them who knows you know what I mean? But humans are just, like, we know the limits of our bodies and whatnot, and, like, the way that that gun shoots in the Men in Black movies is, like, not very, um, like, it literally sends Will Smith, like, a, a half a block backwards when he shoots it, you know what I mean? It's, like, that doesn't, mm-hmm. that's not, like, yeah. very practical, you know what I mean? Like, I can see humans being, like, let's tone that down a little bit. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: It does. It does definitely look a lot like it, though. Yeah. I just kind of looked up a picture of the the noisy cricket. Yeah. <laughs>
0: His tiny, tiny nice. gun, big shot. Yeah. Like that's like what most people—the first thing most people remember about Men in Black. Maybe not most people, but like that's one of the things that like stands out in my memory of the series. Like the cricket scenes. Like I always like remember that randomly about it. But yeah. But yeah. Uh...
2: I really liked the fact that they did the katana. It reminds me less of a lightsaber and more of... Did you guys ever play the game, like, No More Heroes? It was for the, like, Nintendo Wii. And it was about a guy who bought, like, a lightsword. He basically got a lightsaber off the internet and then became an assassin and started fighting all these other assassins.
0: Oh no! I never never heard of that. It sounds cool though. Travis touchdown, and it was, it was is, <laughs> cool,
2: yeah. And yep. it like, yeah, but it has like kind of like a clunkier, more like polished can look to his equipment. Okay, and it just made me think about that.
0: Oh yeah, like aesthetically. Yeah, like with the handle or the the hilt or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I didn't know, like, what to expect uh, right away when they opened the suit cast. I saw the gun, and I was like, oh, cricket. And then I, like, saw the other thing, and I was like, what's that, though? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just, like, not a very conventional... I was like, no way, that's a... that can't be a lightsaber. <laughs> and then, <laughs> zoom, you know, what I, mean? I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and he's like, this is steel, yeah. right? Slices through it like butter. I was like, oh, damn.
2: Uh-huh, that makes me wonder if, like... But the they measured it as, like... 3-3 three,
3: three
2: each, right? Mm-hmm. Because I was thinking well, about, like, power output, because, like, you can cut through seal, that should be, like, a high power consumption, but I'm
1: overthinking it. I'm wondering, like, I feel like we need just a little bit more exposition on the, the exact, <clears throat> like, how this scale functions, because, like, is the 5 easiest to use, or is the 1 easiest to use? Because the gravity control device is a 1, on ease of use right i think
0: that's higher the difficulty yeah i think the lower the that's what i was thinking too like the lower number the higher yeah 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 Yeah, because that makes sense right because like Mm -hmm. how easy is this on a scale of one to ten or one to five so five would be the easiest yeah
2: i treat it as like the out of five guys kind of reference Mm. so it's like you know flow easiest setting oh. is five out of five guys can do it the hardest setting is w- only one out of five guys can do this yeah
0: yeah
1: that makes mm. sense that's a good way to look at it
0: yeah hell yeah how do we feel about um these other foreign <coughs> affairs like guys like what do we got here um we got Suzu Yoshinaga and then we got what's the other dude um
2: uh Kyotaro Kyotora
0: muro. Yeah, Kiyotora Muro. Yeah, how do we feel yep, about these Kiyotora. two?
1: I like Kiyotora. I think yeah. I think, you know, it's always tight getting to meet the other, you know, squad leaders or instructors or what have you in any, you know, whatever character archetype it fits into. Yeah. Um inside of these stories. And and I do really like his kind of uh his little his little quirk he's got about being jealous of Shiraku whenever uh whenever um Yoshinaga, Yoshi yeah, no, I almost called her Yoshinaga. Yeah, because that's Um, how
0: she introduced herself, and they were like, yo, she's stuttering, get it
1: together. (laughs) Yeah, whenever Yoshinaga, like, kinda, it's like, oh, Shiraku's so cool, he's like, my jealousy. Yeah. That shit is funny as fuck. I wasn't ready for it it to
0: be that comedic for him, right? Like, I wasn't ready for, like, a purely, like, comical, like, this dude's, like, super extra, you know, um... Maybe not, like... I don't know... Fastidious. Yeah, I don't know how to, like, explain it, really. But, like, his personality is just, like, so over the top for, like, characters that we've met so far in comparisons. Dude's, like... <laughs> like, wild about this jealousy stuff. And it, like, works or whatever. I just, like, wasn't ready for for that kind of character right now. Especially one in his position. But I know that it's gonna slap, like, later on in the series when, like, Sharaku and... um What is it? God, I already forgot it again. Kyo
1: Kiyotoro. Kiyotora. Kiyotora, yeah
0: when Kiyotora and shiraku are actually in the field at the same time with like a legitimate right. threat like that rivalry is gonna slap i bet but like nah, right and you already
1: know when this type of character really activates, yeah. like when he really activates bro yeah,
0: yeah. you introduce him as comedic like holy holy shit what is this bonehead doing you know right now or whatever but you know in the back of your head that he's got the position that he's got for a reason and then when yeah. the when the heat is on it's going to be you know, night and day, maybe. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, the, I I, yeah. I agree.
1: I think these type of characters are the ones who like get the most serious in the in the t- in the buck clenchy situation, right? You know?
0: Yeah, can't so, wait. Like, I'm that. I'm
1: definitely excited to see
0: mm-hmm. how
1: he how he works under that type of uh, duress or whatever.
0: Yeah, but Suzu is like, Suzu is great right now. Like, introduce her like right away as like stage fright, like. You know, can't really, you know, handle the the moment entirely, so she's tripping over her words or whatever. I'm sure she's going to be a big player later on, too. That contrast is going to be fire when these two, like, actually have to turn up. Even though she's, like, a newbie or whatever, I could tell that she's going to have, like, some crazy special talent that will be revealed eventually.
3: Hmm.
2: I... Okay, so, totally agreeing on, like, the Kyotora moment about, like, how his character is super extra. Because on, like, page 11, he's like, I made a list of common equipment. I made it when I was a recruit. This guy is grown. How long has that been? Like, right. you were that fastidious as a student... And then you just use that as kind of, like, the example on which others are taught after that point. Like, that's yeah. a lot. Yeah. You know, uh, You know. Uh, some could say that's bordering arrogance, but I'll set the thing. Like, Shiraku is pretty arrogant in his own way. So sure. I feel like both of them things. I feel like the new two are a great foil yeah. to the way they are, because Shiraku is, like, very lax, whereas kyotora has got to be more of, like, the straight man kind of thing, you know, in, like, the
0: by the so book kind of guy. Way. Yeah. yeah, in a over-comedic way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah.
2: I think he served really well by breaking down like how the tools worked and like energy consumption, ease of use, all that stuff. Like a by the books guy would have graphs. So like mm-hmm. I like that they kind of incorporated that into the thing is, like cuz we're used to having like graphs broken into like manga. But this one was like, hey, here's a little graph. This isn't just like things. So I felt like it was a nice little like smooth transition. I thought it was like a little neat kind of like, hey, this is something that almost every manga does. We're gonna have a reason for it to be there. Um, Yeah. And then I think Suzu is kind of going to be isn't it's like a foil to Tatsumi in the way that like Tatsu means iron. And so he's hard, right? Like he's a tough guy. And so, like, Suzu is supposed to be like, it's just like soft, very airy, like not.
1: I feel like it's just,
2: there are different approaches, right? Yeah. As like, not like character styles, but just like
1: how they
0: act. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. And And I'm curious. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just
1: going to say, I'm curious how old uh, Kiyotara is because, you know, That is a very good point about how much more mature he seems, and like he doesn't know what I made this when I was a recruit. And, you know, he also does say Shiraku is the youngest team leader ever, which we've gotten before. But, yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm curious to see, like, yeah, like just how much of a disparity is that between him and the other? leaders in terms of age yeah you know, how what like what is the average mean age for for a squad leader is is Kyotora even young for one or is he kind of on the older side i don't know
0: i always just assume that like character taller characters like in suits are just like middle-aged like that's just like where my like mind kind of yeah. like goes like right away like i remember one time we were reviewing Jujutsu kaisen and i was like Nanami looks like 35 40 and he's like Younger than Gojo, yeah, (laughs) just like looks like he does does look like
1: he's in his 30s, I'd say, yeah,
0: (laughs) but yeah, who knows how old this guy is? Like, I want to assume he's at least like mid 20s, but like, how old is Shiraku? Did we even get his age? We just know he's the youngest, you know, squad leader ever or whatever, yeah, I think he's just the youngest
1: ever. It's probably Uh, not his specific age
0: yet, yeah, bet you he's like 18 or some shit or like 19. Yeah. What
1: if it's, like, a Leorio at the most, situation?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah Where he like, just
2: looks old as hell and he's actually, like, he's like, so you're the second youngest?
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? Like, how about you? You're like, year, two years he, older than Buddy? Yeah. I remember in the Trick Tower and Hunter exam when he was, like, gambling with that, like, androgynous uh serial killer or whatever criminal kind of criminal she was the
2: one that was arrested for fraud
0: yeah 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 she was arrested for fraud. yeah it's something like that she had the big pink hair or whatever and she's like we can we can we can bet on whether or not i'm really a girl and he's like oh hell yeah i'll bet on that because whether i'm right or wrong i get to check and then and then he loses and it's like what do we bet on next and then gun was like how about you have her bet on whether or not you're still in your teens and then she's like, "He's obviously like middle aged," and he's like, "Dude, don't disrespect me. I'm clearly 19. And she's like, "Whoa!" And it's like she would have lost you, you dumbass, right? <laughs> anyway, um, so this lens, this lens technology is really cool. And what's what's really cool is that like the 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 equipment is kind of broken down inside of ease of use and power efficiency, but not like power output. We don't have a power output um reading on any of these, so no. Yeah, so it's, like, when you see the lens and it's, like, ease of use 4, power efficiency 4, it's, like, well, this is obviously the best item, like, so far, because everything else is, like, kind of in the middle at 3, and that doesn't necessarily mean that it's the best, but it seems to be, like, the safest option, and it's probably that way because there is no direct power output, it can't actually harm anything, it's more of a support kind of you know utility kind of equipment it <coughs> makes sense that tatsumi would choose it because he mm-hmm. already has a pretty dangerous weapon on his right arm so yeah, why yeah. would he need a gun or a sword when he can just fucking jaw your shit from like a block away with gomu gomu no pistol so like him choosing the 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 bionic like eye attachment makes a lot of sense i wonder what Suzu's gonna choose though Did she choose this chapter i don't think so no, she uh, I doesn't think choose was revealed, yeah I think honest. whatever she chooses is going to directly complement whatever her like latent talent is because like she's introduced as very um timid and shy and almost ditzy not really but just like you don't expect too much from her just based off of her introduction but I know that there's a reason why you know she's um Kiyotora's, uh you know disciple you know what I mean like there's she's gotta have something going for her that makes it make sense for this to be like the direct like rivalry dynamic between shiraku and Kyotora and tatsumi and 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 suzu and maybe it's not a rivalry thing but at least they're like trying to establish two sides of something so there has to be you know relative potency on both sides so i know she's about yeah. to activate whenever probably next chapter we'll see She'd be like, I choose the sword, and then she's just gonna, you know what I mean? Like, go, like that's her one thing is like swordsmanship or something.
2: It's like, motherfucker, I got one trick, and yeah. I can't be beat with this
1: one trick.
0: Yeah, or no, maybe she's just uh. a drastic sharpshooter, and she chooses the cricket, and she's just nasty with that.
1: <laughs>
0: something. Yeah.
1: Either one of those two would be would be uh, pretty good, or maybe she goes with an un- un- unorthodox choice of her own, you know?
0: Or maybe she like we find out that she's also been you know, augmented by aliens in some kind of way, like Tatsuya, and it's just not revealed yet. She doesn't have any, like, obvious, like, visual, you know, um, detail, like Tatsumi's scar or anything to let us know. But, like, does it have to be the brain? Does it have to be, you know, like, some kind of visual cue, like, on the face or head somewhere? I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. And I think, you know, I'd be curious to see... First off, like you said, you know, I do love the fact that he chose the lens. Yeah. Right. I yeah. think it definitely fits best into his kit, his pre-existing kit already. Like you said, he's already got like the kind of multifunctional weapon in terms of the dark cells. So yeah, I think using the lens in combination with that is, is definitely going to augment his, his already existing abilities Hell yeah! really, really well. So yeah. I'm definitely excited for that. And in terms of like the the scanner, the, the identification, the species identification, I'd be curious to see what his reading shows up as, being that he does have the alien dark cells inside of him. Yeah. Maybe he's 99.8 as well. Because I, to me, I'm, I'm really suspicious that she is also either an alien or has the, the dark cells because it says 99.8% Earthling. And he says... It was just suspicious to me that, oh, yeah, that Kyotora was explaining this. He's like, that's lens, you know, it, it reads brain waves, does this, does that, does that, and also identifies species, although it isn't perfect, because I know you're looking at my girl right now, and I know she's an alien, and I don't know why nobody didn't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe that, like, point, maybe that 0.2 percent <clears throat> is the fact that she has been, you know, um, she has an implant or whatever. You know what I mean? And maybe yeah. maybe having an implant takes away a, a certain percentage of Earthliness because you're like technically part alien now because you have alien technology inside of you. Um uh, maybe yeah. that, that's what maybe that's what that's saying. Maybe if somebody else put the lens on and looked at Tatsumi, it would say ninety nine point eight percent for him too, or like some kind of percentage around there because he has been augmented with alien technology yeah. or whatever. Um Yeah, that's interesting. I guess I didn't even really think about that. That's really cool. And, like, the, mm-hmm. it, it, and it makes even more sense for Tatsumi because it's, like, as far as, like, we were already kind of talking about it, but, like, as far as combat goes, it's, like, he obviously has the arm, and he's very new to this kind of thing. So having mm-hmm. the lens be a, kind of, like, make up for his lack of experience in the field by saying, now you can just look at things and know what's an alien and what's not, whereas, mm-hmm. like, Shiraku, you know, or somebody else that's a lot more experienced can probably just tell through experience, you know what I mean? Um, Like, oh, no, this alien, the way that they're kind of, like, moving, you know, it's kind of weird. They might look like a human, but, like, you know, demeanor and body language says otherwise, you know what I mean? Like, Shiraku probably doesn't need the lens, you know what I mean? Kiyotora probably doesn't really need the lens, you know what I mean? People that have been around for a little bit longer, you know what I mean, probably don't need it for that. But, I mean, while Tatsumi's brand-new greenhorn, that's technology that will immediately help him cover, you know, uh, or supplement the fact that he is so new and probably doesn't have you know the definitely doesn't have the same kind of experience that everyone else has yeah. when like detecting, you know, aliens out in the field or maybe most people have this lens when they go into the field or something but i know that you only get 3 pieces of equipment so like maybe not so like that just makes sense for him and it shows a lot like, you know, it, it says something that he chooses that out of everything, you know, I and mean? he doesn't have to be told like, yo, you already have a weapon. So choose the lens and here's why his intuition kind of just brought him to the lens and we'll probably get, obviously get his reasoning mm. for it in the next chapter. And that'll do yeah. a lot for Tatsumi, like as a character to get that breakdown and to see his thought process on that. So I, I like well, I the think... intuition that we get in this chapter for him. Yeah.
1: I
2: totally feel that actually, yeah. Yeah. um, because like the previous chapters leading up to this, was just being, like, looking at things and things not being as they appeared or, like, trying to get a, like, good read on the situation and just having, like, an uncertainty presented to himself. Like, the biggest obstacle was uncertainty. Right. So I think that having the lens is a great move. Yeah. Um. Plus, I think it'd be interesting because then he can, like, use zoom to, like, keep an eye out, notice threats before they're coming, yeah, and, like, be better prepared to, like, guard his teammates, because he's basically kind of being set up to be, like, the shield for a group, a tank. Sure, yeah. And the the zoom yeah. on
0: the lens will... could probably help him inside of his, like, long-range combat by, like, just helping his accuracy out if he wants to hit something from farther mm-hmm. away with his stretchy arm. He's got, like that zoom in effect so that he can like snipe shit better from far away
2: oh yeah. i hope he does the thing that like parasite did where they threw rocks as a form of sniping mm. and because with the rubber arm he can get some real torque on that yeah. ball, yes just wow dome people yeah <laughs> zoom on that'd be amazing yeah, it's just like cool it's like you have alien technology. How do you kill them? Like a caveman. <laughs>
0: yeah. oonga boonga. go rock.
1: Earth sends yep. its regards. Yeah. Like, no, yeah, I think the, uh, <laughs> oh, the zoom, the it. zoom, the lens is nice as yeah. far as low key because I mean it has the zoom, it has the night vision, has thermography, has the identification. Like so, it'll, it's obviously going to help them a ton in terms of like. I feel like you look at that phone booth spaceship. It's going to tell you it's a spaceship. Yeah you know what I'm yeah, saying type so, shit yep like you were saying it'll help him in terms of like learning what's what identification you know getting more experience but i think this is i don't know i think this is something that would be useful even deep into the field it's maybe just people get different inclinations on equipment they want to use but this is something that in terms of like espionage yeah would be a perpetually useful item
0: Yeah. And, you know, and it does make sense that, like, considering that it's got such a high ease of use and power efficiency, it's like, I wonder if, like, a bunch of people are using this technology, you know what I mean? Like, no matter how high up on the, you know, on the totem pole they are, you know, inside of this organization, because it just feels so good as a utility item, you know what I mean? But at the same time, it's like, well, if you, you know, if if you're wildly experienced with, you know, alien hunting or just alien affairs and whatnot... Um, Do you even really need the lens? Because, like I was saying earlier, the longer you've been a part of the organization, the easier it probably is to point out those, like, anomalies, you know what I mean? Like, that's an alien, that's an alien ship, that's Mm. alien technology. Like, you could probably just, like, you know, with experience, kind of just figure that out on your own without the the help of lens tech. So maybe most people that are higher up don't really use it. And maybe it's just, like, a beginner thing to help supplement, you know, the fact that you're new and don't know everything. So you need that help. Yeah, should
1: I mean, like I said, I think the other aspects of it kind of transcend. That. Yeah, you're
0: you're right too, because Zoom is just like good no matter what. Night vision is night obviously, vision. yeah, thermography, yeah,
1: yeah. So, like, I feel like if if anybody on the higher echelon of things wants to still use it, those would be like the the yeah. mm, the aspects of it they keep it for, you know? Because yeah. they're like, yeah, like I get night vision with this shit. You know, yeah, so. I can see anything I, I could work in the night time. a lot.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: So you're doing night raids.
0: Yeah. Night raid. Oh shit! Akami got killed. <laughs> that, oh yeah,
2: man, I like it. Um, I think that Suzu is probably going for, uh,
4: probably the gun.
0: Right, because we got a martial, we got a martial artist girl. We got um, you know, Kiyotora, which we don't really, you know, know too much about. He said K- he did really.
2: kendo, so
0: oh. Using the kendo, okay, so he's probably got the katana then, or some kind of. I mean, obviously, this is like beginner stuff, but maybe there's like an advanced version of the katana or something. Like, motherfuckers are gonna be using swordsmanship, like, higher up on the totem pole for one reason or another, and I doubt that they'll all be using this, like, entry level um you know katana or whatever but like he could definitely be a swordsman especially if he already said that he was into kendo back in the day so that'll be cool information to get but we got martial artist girl we got Tatsumi with the arm we know what shiraku does with his technology so like it makes sense that she would choose the gun because like just process of elimination
1: oh no he says Tatsumi was in high school kendo oh So he was saying the sword would be a good option for him. Oh, oh, okay, 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 okay. Well, then, yeah.
2: Oh, no, because I was thinking about how Kiyotura says, I feel an affinity with you because you did high school kendo. Mm, So I felt like that sort of implied, like, a background with kendo. Yeah, it does. Just, like, through context clues. But I may be off my read.
0: Um, no, I think you're spot on. I think you're spot on with that. I don't think that they. I don't think that they had that. What page is that line of dialogue on?
2: Uh, it's right at the 18. end, right before he says, "Hey, 18. I want to use these lenses."
0: Uh. Yeah, Tatsumi, you were in high school kendo. I was too, so I feel an affinity with oh. you. Yeah, there he's goes. he's definitely and that's a swordsman. superimposed
1: over the yeah, over the sword type optofluidic weapon. Yeah,
0: he's definitely a swordsman. Yeah, so just process of elimination says that Suzu will probably get the gun.
1: Man. um...
2: But there's one thing I wanted to touch on right away before I forget, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I like how they stagger the test. Like, the design of the test is that there's two people operating it, and each of them get a tool. Instead of giving people two tools at once, they're like, hey, learning one tool is hard enough, but you're going to be working with someone, so you kind of see the overlap of how... Different combinations may play out, even though you're not the one actively doing those combinations. And I Mm. think that's a great way to like teach and like test kids in a way that is like conducive to like building up a repertoire and like a foundation. Because like they do talk about it's like, hey man, the more tech we find, the more stuff we have, the more complicated it gets. There's going to be a lot of overlap, and we're not always going to have the greatest results. With any specific combo. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, okay, I like that they're doing it super slow, but I like the way they kind of paired them up, kind of, like, drive home the point that they're really supposed to learn.
3: Yeah, like I like that.
2: ongoing lessons and tests.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. hmm
0: But otherwise, I don't know if I, just going back through the chapter again, like, I don't think I have anything else for Aliens Area this week. This is just a solid chapter that felt right on time, that gave us good world building and, like, some new concepts to think about. So, it's doing everything that it's supposed to, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I agree. And uh, I don't think I really had anything else for it either. All right. Well, with that, I think we can go ahead and jump right into the second chapter of the night. Chapter 82 of Sakamoto Day's. Aikido love, and yes. what a fucking amazing color spread we get this fucking chapter man, man yeah
0: inside cover inside color page too goes pretty crazy with the with mm. the invisible technology and the the colors on it. I didn't think it would be like that,
1: yeah, yeah, I didn't think yeah, I didn't think the transparency would have that look to it either yeah the aesthetic like
0: is he like um, it's, wearing it's also... like green clothes then is that what like that's telling us
1: yeah, his little jumpsuit his little his little yeah. Um, uh, weapons development uh, department jumpsuit. I'm pretty sure they're green. Yeah. yeah, I didn't remember, so I was
0: just like, "Oh, that's cool."
2: I thought so too. Um, I was also thinking, cause like, it's like a like a falto green, like that's a dark, dark green. Where I was thinking of like part of me, like my brain immediately went to like green screens. Mm.
3: You know Ooh, how like
2: nice. that kind of like absorb uh like digital like it's because like they figured out the trick to like use things to like transparency on the human eye, but like how do you count for like a digital thing and it's complex enough that when it's all running, it can block telepathy, so
0: mm.
1: you know there's layers built into it,
0: oh yeah, the spread yeah, is well, nuts, I mean though, the, oh yeah,, yeah, yeah. the mm-hmm. hood
1: is the the telepathy blocker, isn't it?
0: I mean, that makes sense. That makes the most sense. There's like extra well, technology. Because I remember in the he upper. like
1: specifically put the hood up and was like, "Yeah, yep. fuck you, type yeah. shit."
0: Yeah, <clears throat> like on some like magneto helmet shit. Yeah, I yeah exactly. Yep. Yeah, I could see there being, um, you know, a bunch of different technologies from top to bottom in the suit. Like overall, the oh, yeah. suit gives you invisibility, but then the hood or the top hat of it also has extra technology that blocks, you know, telepathy and maybe there's other areas of technology in the suit that does other things who knows
1: but but yeah um color spread yeah. obviously just to touch on it quick like i love the color palette yuto suzuki always snaps with these fucking color spreads yeah. um, I, I believe axel ablaze was saying that he's just he said that a few times yeah um and i love the kind of like 90s aesthetic movie posters that we got on the wall in the background like that's really fucking tight as well the wallpaper
0: like designs are like so cool and like trippy like it's like a high school this reminds me of like high school like the way like people would trick out their rooms like back in the day like you know basement in my apple valley house yeah like straight up like
1: Like, it literally
0: like reminds me of that like with like black light and like the trippy like mushroom posters and the sound
1: system the fractal kaleidoscope designs Mm -hmm. like on the wallpapers and shit yeah Two different home sound systems Jimmy rigged together so both subwoofers are banging. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: The, wow. The color That's story so crazy, is great—the like bright yellows and the fuchsias and like the deeper purples and whatnot. Like everything just complements each other and it's just so like visually appealing every time. No matter like what style Suzuki kind of goes with his color spreads, it's just always top tier.
1: Like look yeah, at the pants on Akira. At- Jeez. Yeah. Look at the <laughs> look at the rings on Sat- Sakamoto's fingers that are literally Sakamoto Akira, fucking Nagumo. Oh, my bad. It's, it's not Akira. It's, it's Rion. 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 Rion yeah. Rion. It, 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 the, like the middle finger is literally Sakamoto's face. Oh his fucking ring finger is a jade green for a uh, Rion's hair and then he has a black ring on his pinky for Nagumo. Oh man, oh, he loves one, his two, team. Three from
0: left to right. Yo, that's so good. I didn't even notice that. What a great spot.
1: Oh my god. Oh, wait. And then so... You can literally
2: see his
0: glasses
1: in the ring, bro. Yep, yep. And
2: you can see um Rion and Nagumo's like toenail paint matches Sakamoto's Pants
0: and shoes. Oh Man wow! It's going crazy
1: <laughs> with the aesthetic. Wait a bro. minute, that's so the color good. palette
0: is on just nutty. Bro. So then, what's that on his pinky? Is that like his wedding ring then, or like is this like just
1: before? He like this, met no, his that's no, no, that's Nagumo. That's just like a simple. That's just a simple, um, simple black ring for Nagumo. Oh, I thought you were talking about because the, I the index finger, you, finger. I thought you meant Nagumo. the
0: index finger was Nagumo. The like, index
1: finger. I don't know where that ties in. His middle finger is literally the o the face in the o he's yeah. wearing it on his finger right yeah the, yeah the ring finger is a green jade one for right. Rion's hair and yes. i thought that the pinky finger was just a nice little simple just black band for Nagumo yeah um, it looks more like the a wedding
0: talking. it looks more like a you know like a wedding ring maybe that cuz i like if you look at the index finger it's like i thought that that like because when you pointed out the his face was on the middle finger ring I like yep. immediately and when you said it like, you know, Nagumo and, and Rion it all kind of like came together that the index finger could potentially have Nagumo's or something that resembles Nagumo's like head or face on it. it, I, like, thought it I, like, recon- I thought I I thought it
2: resembled his, the, the pattern on his shirt.
0: Oh so I thought the
2: index was Nagumo based off his shirt. Yeah. And then with like a really simple like nondescript pinky ring, I wondered yeah. if that would be azuki or slurp. Mm. because he also went there he was part of the group he was like in the in crowd and he had a deep connection to sakamoto so what if the pinky ring Mm. you know the the idea of promises and stuff um might be kind of
1: like or like oh wow and and these three fingers are kind of bunched together this one is separated just a little bit so Mm. slur is the outcast okay
0: I can yeah. see that. That's cool. It just, like, said, like, after Eagle, like, pointed it out, in my mind, immediately just went to, like, okay, where's the wedding band then? Because, like, I know that he's married. I think the wedding
1: band could be a good point, too, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: but but at the same time, it's, like, this could be before he met his wife. You never know, like, what point in time this yeah. is. I don't know, like, what the time frame is on that. Maybe not, I'd have to go back through the series. I don't think they ever actually talk about how long, just how long they've been together. But we know that they got together, like, since he's been active as an assassin or whatever, which is... Back in the time that he was working with these other two. So you never know. But also that's not the ring finger. So yeah. uh, you don't know. Right. I don't know.
2: <laughs> it makes me think of. Because um, like the way that their rooms decked out. It makes me think that they're in college.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Like
2: they're in college. This is pre ever meetings lady. This Maybe. is like college dorm. JCC dorm. Yeah this
1: is them in the JCC dorms. <laughs> <laughs> back in the day. Yeah.
0: That's so funny, college college assassins. Like, And with a room like this, you know the bong is just like right outside of the shot. <laughs> almost keeping it upright with his foot. He's just oh. like off screen. Yeah, it's just yeah. slightly off screen funny as hell god oh, yeah. this is like Beautiful. top three color
1: spreads for sure i love this one yeah and that yeah. ring that ring aesthetic is crazy that ring tie-in is nuts yeah the, the that that spot was was insane because i definitely
0: missed that like i know i knew that he was wearing rings but i did not give any more thought to it than oh cool rings <laughs> but Man. yeah
1: i literally like while we were talking about it just now noticed the face on his middle and i was like yeah. That's the O. Oh. And yeah. I was like, oh shit, this ring aesthetic is here. Fuck. Right, right. Hell yeah.
2: Man, I think uh you and I had the same thought uh, roughly the same time because I was like, wait a second, and then you said it, and I'm like <gasps> yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, that was good. That was really good. Chapter was gas though like this was Dude, love this, this chapter. Like this these are the kind of chapters that like slap so hard in a story like like uh, uh Sakamoto Days because Yuto Suzuki is so good at like generating hype around these like older assassin characters like getting the information from Seba about how yeah. you know master um satoshi satota or satota <laughs> satoshi Satoda yeah Satoda sensei like when she was younger she was a martial artist assassin an aikido master she came back from every one of her missions unscathed and i was like damn that's crazy and he was even like for real i said for real at the same time but it's like it's aikido it's literally meant to like redirect like en- enemy you know energy and momentum back yep. at them to avoid You know damage so like that makes sense that she comes back unscathed but then we get another line of dialogue that's like aikido isn't considered a martial art suited to killing and i was like oh damn that makes sense too and they said but after satota sensei it became a required skill for assassins like you took a purely defensive martial art and was so drastic with it that not only did you find ways to like kill with it but those ways that you kill with this like defensive discipline is so insane that they were like, no, everyone needs to learn this now because you, like, found out, like, you know, a you fucking... cracked s- the code. You cracked the, the code of Aikido. Of yeah, like, this is actually yeah. the best hand-to-hand fighting style for an assassin because of you, and that's just, like, so, like, oh my god, I need the Satona Sensei spin-off story yeah. right
1: now. <laughs> yeah, I definitely love that line of dialogue. I've, y'all, you guys already know I've been fucking with Satona since the beginning, because just, mm-hmm. she's, like, flipping that sensei character archetype on its head right in terms of like the gender aspect yeah um and like that is just another fucking like boom driving nail in that in that like further reinforcing her status within the world and like how cold she really fucking is yes um and she truly does embody that like old head sensei who you would think is washed but like and right. she activates bro you better fucking run and pray yeah, like you yeah. better fucking run and pray <laughs> yeah
0: and it makes sense that we get the information through seba obviously because he is an upperclassman it makes sense that he has this information on satota sensei whereas the two newbies wouldn't and he's like dude you can't just run in head first yeah. against this sensei dude like here's why little bit of backstory for satota that builds hype yeah. in the character it just
1: serves multiple purposes and it feels really good he's like not only is she a teacher but yeah. she's literally probably the coldest fucking hand-to-hand assassin out. Yes, and specializes in a technique defending head-on attacks and reversing the momentum and force back on the attacker. And right. you're just trying to run right at her like a fucking meathead, bro. You got to rethink yeah. your
0: strategy. She literally hard You've counters like their entire fighting style because Shin and Akira are both like you know hand-to-hand affinity you know, characters, like, Shin don't be really using guns like that. Akira seems to be, like, more of an all-rounder, but, like, all of her stuff so far has kind of been inside of the hand-to-hand field, I want to say. Um, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, it makes sense that they would try to use their skills against the tota, but it's like she is the hand-to-hand master. So, you know, maybe maybe hand-to-hand, you know, Oonga Boonga, boneheaded, you know, <laughs> face value fighting style strategy isn't the way you guys want to go.
2: I feel so, because, like, Akira's most of her stuff is, like, hand-eye coordination and, like, precision-focused. And then, I think Shin's whole thing is that, like, they're just trying to get their body to keep up with their brains trying to feed them.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So it's about reaction speed, and I'm like, okay, cool, but, like, it's not overpowering strength, it's not, like, not like that. Plus, like, Seba says it at the end of the chapter, he's like, I'm an ace weapon maker, yeah, and it's like y'all are assassins, you need to like figure out more than just hand to hand stuff like, against you this guys one can scrap, yeah, like so Satota is scrap. not
0: the one you square up with hand to hand, so coincidentally, I happen to be an ace weapon maker. We're gonna pick a strategy that gets us a little bit farther away from the hand to hand master. How about <laughs>
2: I'm imagining something very akin to. Coyote versus Roadrunner where Siba's like <laughs> having them test out these prototypes. He's like, well none of it's working. And Satota is like blocking stuff with like a clipboard or something like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can like, see that.
2: Snatching, like just like, I don't know like palm redirecting and like doing kind of like a, almost like a bending like, palming thing against, like, a rocket and just, like, send it back to them.
1: Yeah, flowing, because, flowing water-crushing rock type shit. Yeah, yeah.
2: because they, they, they come back unscathed from everything, and, like, that's in a world with guns. Yeah. That's in a world with, like, hard-boils rocket gauntlets. There's a lot of stuff out there, and so, right. like, being able to, like, redirect all that seems really... That's on the table, right? Like, yeah. that's exciting and then the way they're talking about how it being incorporated into murder and stuff cuz i know that like if you do like judo or something if you do a judo on the streets you're throwing people straight onto concrete ground they're right. not getting up from that stuff it's pretty lethal a lot of the time so, yeah
0: like,
2: <laughs> the aikido i could see the whole thing where they're just like i'm just going to bash you against you know, the floor, or like catch you along the the like, corner of your hallway, yeah, or something like that. Throw you oh, into or, a like, wall,
0: throw you into a ceiling, throw you onto the ground. There's a lot of hard things, you know, yeah. typically in the environment around anyone at any time that I keep. Most things Judo's are hard.
1: Fighting styles, people Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, and it's, I mean, shit. She so could literally just be like, "Put you on your shit," and then just be like, BAP. Yeah, one shots to a fucking dome. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah easy peasy it doesn't mean that she
0: only fights you with hand-to-hand that's just her specialty and maybe yeah once she has you in a you know in in a in a state where you can easily be executed after hand-to-hand combat she'll just dome pop you with a glock or something i can see that too I like this um, scene where we go with uh, Mafuyu in and um, yeah. an old girl into you know Slur's hideout or whatever because it's like we knew that at least it made the most sense that they wouldn't just obviously go along with whatever they were doing you know from jump because they were clearly kidnapped so like naturally like unless there was some like crazy monologue or you know something from from Slur that rallied them over to their you know their side and kind of like changed their outlooks on things to the point where they would want to cooperate willingly or whatever like this this attempt at a breakout had to have happened you know what i mean like this was eventually going to happen because they were brought here against their will so naturally they would be thinking of ways to escape unless they were swayed to um you know to slur's side which they obviously haven't gotten yet we got like one scene where everyone kind of introduced themselves and then that was kind of it so it's like okay eventually they're gonna be like let's get the fuck out of here and we got that in this chapter but just like how funny it is and how, like, you know, their personality quirks are, like, still coming out in such, like, a high-stakes kind of, like, butt-clenchy kind of situation. They're kind of, like, Mm -hmm. nonchalant about it, you know what I mean? And it's like, no, you have, like, a lot to be worried about, like, trying to escape from this place. Like, these are the highest-tier villain assassins in the fucking world right now, and you're in their base, so, like, escape should, you know, seem a little bit more tense, I want to say, but I think that that just goes into, like, the kind of, like, airheaded like, you know kind of nature of these assassins in general like they can like kind of nonchalantly like breeze through these like really like tense like clenchy you know kind of situations just because of the world of assassination but just kind of breeding these kind of people you know what i mean like gaku's just like sleeping on the floor and she falls on top of him and it's like what did he really not wake up from that or is is he like really like do you think that he like actually slept through that i don't know (laughs) like what if she was coming down with a knife would he just like feel that and that would wake him up and he would dodge or something i don't know but
1: that seemed to just
0: yeah yeah maybe feel the killing intent will wake you up i don't know but i was just like Mm hmm. "Mm." like did he sleep did he fake sleep through that like just because it's gaku or like did they really not wake him up it's just like man like these guys are like so laid back considering like the circumstances that they're in it's like this is just this is the way that people are in this story yeah
2: I liked it because it was basically, like, the rule of three, and, like, they're trying to escape. They see Gaku, trip over him, that's one. They see Izuki, that's two. Kashima, that's three. Boom, there's the payoff. And, like, it scales from unaware to potential detection to detected,
4: and I thought that was, like, a nice, like, ramp.
2: into
0: the scene yeah yeah for sure and we knew that she was eventually going to fall in love with slur because we needed a replacement for sakamoto we definitely called that i feel like most people who read the series probably knew that this was going to be um a situation that we eventually got obviously and she's like oh my god wait a minute i'm falling for him he's so like nonchalant and carefree despite talking about such macabre things like that's so hot and i was just like yep right on time
1: Yeah. So I wonder, yeah, oh, if Akira, boy. if she if she sticks around. That's not even Akira, but I can't remember her name.
0: Uh, Maro. Tori Maro. Tora Yeah, yeah. I was like, wait a minute, Akira. Are we we're we back to the beginning of the chapter now. It's <laughs> <Okay. That's>
2: Toramaro. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like they definitely needed one person to be suspicious and Mafuyu already has that in spades and they need one person that's like half bought into the whole idea and I just feel like this is like okay cool I love the seeds that they're planting I can't wait to see how that fleshes out and like complicates things Yeah. like is there going to be a level of Stockholm for Mafuyu is he going to have to deal with that or like be like you know fuck all these guys but like Toro is like you know, gullible to pretty faces, but they're not bad. But then, like Toramaru could still try to stop him.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I like on Fandom uh, shit. I like on fifteen and sixteen how they try to like run away, and then Kashima's like. Nah, the bathroom ain't that way, and then Mafiu accidentally steps on a cockroach, and he's like, kill me, I stepped on a cockroach, kill me. and is like, God, oh, this isn't the time, and then all of a sudden, Kashima's like, dude, what the fuck, you stepped on a cockroach, and it's, like, funny, but it also has something, like, very interesting to say about Kashima's character at the same time, where he's like, yeah. no matter how small a life is, a life is a life. So if you're going to kill something then have mercy and like actually destroy it and kill it and snuff its life out and don't let it suffer and it's just just an interesting take to get from a cold-blooded serial killer that's supposed to be like villainous and antagonistic which they obviously are but to give him you know a level of of writing like that like hey no matter how small a life is a life it's like okay so you do care about you know life to a certain degree but if things that you have decided are worth dying then that's fine, which is obviously like screwed up in its own way, but also to not want things to suffer if you're going to kill it says a lot about the character too, even though this is a very comedic scene.
1: Yeah, I think that I think you're definitely right. That was something that I was going to note as well. Um <clears throat> It's always interesting in stories about like assassins or killers or where they exist, where you get the different characters, you know, ideologies and philosophies on killing and taking life and the way yeah. it should be done. Right. And, uh, a character like Kashima is definitely personally, probably my favorite character archetype inside of that. And Mm. so I I was definitely eating this chapter with the Kashima action that we got. Yeah. Um, and obviously it was funny as fuck too. I was literally, I think I laughed out loud when fucking, when Mafuyu was like, ah, kill me. I stepped on a cockroach. (laughs) Like, uh. It's so fucking just, it's yeah. so perfect for his character. I it really like, is. Oh my fucking god. And like the way it was inserted into this like really high stakes tense situation like yeah. where he fucking going for a walk and they're like, ah, dodge yeah. back. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> ah, kill me! I was <laughs> yeah. like, oh my god. That yeah. shit was funny as fuck. Yeah, yeah it's real te- good. And then
0: just giving compassion to like cold-blooded murderers and like even if it's like a, yeah. like a tiny injection of it. You know what I mean? It just like adds to the complexity the yeah the path the pathos and the complexity and just the nuance of the situation you know what i mean because it's like whenever you have an antagonistic force the more sympathy you give them the more complicated the outlook is on the story and that just makes it more compelling by itself so, yeah. the way that it's you know kind of delivered through comedy also makes sense for a story like Sakamoto Days so just firing on all, on all cylinders yuto suzuki knows his lane and he operates inside mm-hmm. of it very well The characterization's
2: great. I love the fact that, like, in that moment of comedy, it reinforces the dread once he detonates the bombs. Like, guys, I have shown you in a small scale and a large scale, I do not do half measures. Yes. And I don't care who or what you are. I'll wipe you out the first time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm like and like yeah just shows kind, kind of like song. this
2: overwhelming zeal, you know, yeah, because it's like if you're gonna spare that time for a cockroach, I do not wanna know the amount of effort you're gonna spare for like anything higher than a dog, yeah, like,
0: yeah it it just like establishes that. a cool dynamic where it's like yeah it can be funny and we can joke around and let out these quirky you know personality traits in these scenes but as soon as we take it seriously there is nothing to be laughed about you know what i mean like this mm-hmm. is not a laughing matter anymore once that scene is over and i can legitimately consider you a threat or you know um a liability like the jokes are over and you're just dead <laughs> and we can feel that you know what i mean like the the the, the bathos or the the levity does not take away from the threat.
1: Yeah. yeah. And uh, I would note Gaku still slumped page 8, 19 after the explosion. A piece of shrapnel hits the ground right above his head.
0: Yeah, and he's just still sneezing. Yeah. Still
1: sleeping. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, I don't think he was woken up by that. That or he's really committed to just pretending to be asleep through yeah. bombs and fights and all this bullshit. Yeah, you never know. You never know. Actually, that might like
2: be an interesting kind of weakness. In that, like Gaku is just like a physical, like reaction speed, like mental acuity, like powerhouse, insanely strong, able to survive Old Man Takamura. But what if his the cost of that is that he has to basically like. He's padded, like, regulating the expenditure of, like, his vitality, and so he has to, like, rest to build up stores of stamina. So he's only active for small bursts, but what he does is just overwhelming violence.
1: Yeah. Sleeps for, like, 18 hours at a time, and then he gets active that last six. He's on bullshit. He's on bumpers. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's like, I had a full night's sleep. It's over for your ass. Good night. Yep. But, like, uh, the only thing I have left to say on two things chapter i was thinking about how satota invented the idea of like assassinating someone with a handshake she's like hello nice to meet you and then immediately like whip through them yeah and just like destroy them but then also i was thinking about like if people are trained to do that i can't wait to see like these weird like handshake duels while people also have like weapons trying to like Twist each other mid air. Oh yeah! To like get a better angle to kill each other, and I'm like, yeah. oh, you, oh, you have the same teacher? Cool. Did they, did they ever teach you this trick in school? Like, bam! Yeah,
0: I could see that. That'd be tight.
2: Um, but the yeah, other I thing was
1: too. Page
0: mm-hmm.
2: fourteen, uh, page fifteen, where he's like, "Kill me!" I stepped on a cockroach. It's perfect for that like horror movie sequence of like someone always falls running away from the monster. Oh, yeah, yeah. Every single time. Usually it's like, oh, no, the heel snapped and I've fallen. Or like, oh, my boot got stuck in the mud. or I rolled my ankle. I tripped on a root. Yeah. I tripped on a root. (sighs) I stepped in a bear trap. You know, Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. But also, have you ever been, like, if you've ever been at a place that has pets, like you stay the night over, I've stepped in a dog poop in the middle of the night, and I I understand what we feeling, right? Like, I'm just like, no.
0: No, No. what have I done? I was having an all
2: right night. (laughs) I was done... I want to go back to
1: sleep yeah. i hate
0: this this is like on my shoe which isn't a part of my body but i'm gonna go take a nah. shower anyway
1: <laughs> nah it's the oh, it's I'm the no socks on there. squishes between your toes middle of the night type yeah. step Ew. that's what mellow's talking about yeah, yeah no
2: like when i'm like wake up to get some water <laughs> yeah i wake up in the middle of the night to get some water i'm like yeah. barefoot dog poop and i'm like i hate me per- like me
0: personally like when i step in dog poop like even with shoes on i just like feel so gross like internally I'm like, oh, I gotta go, like, shower it shower these, shower these, this bullshit off, even though it didn't actually touch me. <laughs>
2: I need to boil my foot.
0: Yeah. <laughs> last thing that I kind of had is I like this last scene where it comes back to uh, Seba, and it shows the point where, because he, he said earlier, before we got this scene, which is clearly a, a flashback, which I didn't even um, kind of, like, put together right away because we have black gutters or whatever, but... Um, He's like yo i got a call from mafuyu but he didn't say anything for some reason i could hear slurs henchman talking in the background then we turn the page into the black gutter flashback showing you know like why mafuyu decided to pull out his phone and call um seba obviously because he's like trying to escape and that wasn't effective so he's like okay i couldn't get out of here on my own time to call my brother i'm too proud to, li- to directly ask for help which he even comments on so i'm just going to like start the call in my pocket and just hope that he hears the situation and knows that this is a distress call you know what i mean so then we come out of the flashback and he gives you know reasoning for that when he calls without saying anything it usually means he's in trouble and needs help but he's too embarrassed to ask for it um which reinforces his motivation for helping uh shin and akira because it's like well if my brother's in trouble and i can't find out where he is then i guess i'm gonna have to find this database with you guys so that i can get information on the guys who have kidnapped my brother and it just makes all the sense in the world didn't really need it you know what i mean like obviously he could just work with Shin and akira you know what i mean and not go that in depth as to why but just going above and beyond to establish motivations for why they're you know kind of kind of coming together as a team right now to just make it feel that much better and it does
2: i like that the motivations are very concrete because as much as i love building up a cast and like build up the squad fire emblem style come with me all right like I like having a little bit of meat and potatoes and, like, having, like, fictional consequences and, like, strong motivating factors. Yes. For, like, how we become become this group. And I think that, like, this is going to be a huge bonding experience. And it made me think about how um, these three are going to be, like, their generation's, like, big thing. Like, Akira is going to replace Rion, Shin is going to basically take on the mantle of Sakamoto, and, like, Siba already has that kind of, like, unreadable puckish nature that Nagumo has. Yeah, for real. So I just feel that they're, like, really stepping into those roles eventually.
0: Yeah, it feels really good as parallels, for sure. But I don't think I had anything else
1: for Sakamoto. Yeah, I think I'm good. Yeah, I think I'm about good as well. All right, well, with that, I think we can go ahead and get right into the third chapter of the night Mission Yozakura Family, chapter 141 Objectives. Oh. And um, this chapter was, I feel pretty straightforward, but also like pretty gas. I like super uh,
0: unexpected situation yeah. <laughs> that we have here because we've been talking about like what momo's like actual goal was we had a bunch of predictions about how he was gonna like pull up with the fucking giga hacker you know like all hemmed up and shit like we were like so positive that it was going to be something like that because we were talking last review about how momo has to continue to give us things that make us worried about him he has to continue to accomplish many goals you know what i mean on the way to his overarching goal that we know that they're going to thwart but in the meantime like how much progress is he going to make like how much damage is he going to do along the way and we had so many ideas of what that was going to look like just for Gondairo to be like, nope, his whole goal was to fucking take control of Shinzo and fucking wow. Futaba, the other two gold star assassins besides Kyoichiro, because he probably knew that he wasn't going to be able to get Kyoichiro. So he's like, whatever, I got two other gold star
1: kids and I'm after them. And that's just like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really love this chapter. Because of this subversion, like you said, in terms of Momo's real plan, yeah. it was so fucking good. Like, we all, like, were literally sold wholesale yeah. on that he was going to go after Giga yeah. to really convey the message of how truly unsafe they all were right. when they're dealing with him. Yes. Um, And I never fucking ever would have expected that he had some fucking sleeper cell plan in his back pocket, yeah. like... I was definitely surprised, bro. Like great, yeah. great, great writing by Gondaira. Yeah, it was in, uh, it was a red opinion, herring. I can't
0: even Yeah, it was it was a red herring. Like I bet you Gondaira, like, you know, injected storytelling elements to lead the us chair, to Yeah, to lead us down a certain like way of thinking. So it's like, look over here while I cook this up over here. And it's just I love when writers can do that so effortlessly. Yeah. My yes. mind is
1: like I can't even begin to speculate how the fuck he pulled this off, right? Like, my (laughs) mind is going... My mind is going everywhere from, like, cells that he just got into them with this little barrage of things... Yeah. ...all the way to him having, like, injected some cells into them very, very early in their life, if not right when they were born, for this purpose, if the need ever arose. Oh, my God. Like, I feel at this point, like, we literally cannot put anything past this dude. Exactly. He's shown that his level of, like, capability and And his level of like planning bro is just fucking god tier like makes anything possible and i just cannot praise fucking gondaira's writing of momo enough man like i feel like this is literally goat level antagonist writing that we're seeing right here yeah and it's
0: like i was just talking with some people about it about how like you know my hero academia obviously you know it it comes to mind when you think about like the best villains in the magazine right now you know what i mean you have shiggy and all and all for one that you know have receive just, like, ridiculous amounts of, like, high-tier villain writing throughout My Hero Academia. Ooh. It's almost, like, mandatory that you, you know, use either All for One or Shigaraki when you're talking about the best villains and ongoing jump, at least weekly shonen jump right now. And then, obviously, mm. you have Kenjaku and Sukuna over on the Jujutsu Kaisen side of things that are just undeniable, you know, like, up yeah. there in the top two, like, top three range. But then, like, what's after My Hero Academia and Jujutsu <laughs> Kaisen in the magazine? It's Momo Yozakura
1: i i would say it's so literally like, momo don't know about momo bro. exactly
0: and no one no one you know like this is still like a wildly underrated and underappreciated and like you know pretty much like not talked about at least in the western internet uh manga discussion spaces that i'm a part of like nobody is fucking with mission yozakura family really it feels like and it's like they got like top three villain in their series right now and no one really seems to know about it and that's just crazy yeah. to me
2: it, yeah, that I is love really how his plan was foreshadowed in what we discounted as the ravings of a delusional madman. He's like, "You'll, you'll come around. You'll come around. You're gonna love me again." Yeah, you know, oh. we'll be a big family all over again. Yeah, and it's like, like you no, don't really we know. <laughs> we're like, "That's insane!" And he's like, "No, you will. You will. I yeah. have a plan. I have, I have a twelve-step." project for each phase it's yeah. gonna be
0: great
1: yeah this man said like echo lima they said <laughs> <laughs> like yo what the fuck bro yeah. jesus
0: christ that is an interesting point that you just made though mellow about how like when he's going through his like you know unhinged like you know monologues and whatnot in the chapters prior you know, like, he's like, we will be a family again. And it's like, dude, you're fucking crazy, man. Like, these people are never going to be on your side or work with you no matter what you say or do. And he's just like, you didn't know that I had. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't know that yeah, this, was dang, my, dang. this was my plan to bring us all back together is like, you know, injecting some kind of, you know, and you never know because they keep giving new capabilities to the Sakuronbo. You know what I mean? So it's like when the Sakurambo were originally introduced, they did one thing. Then as the story continues, we find out that they can do another thing and then another thing and then another thing. So it's like maybe this like barrage of, you know, Sakurambo attacks that they effortlessly dealt with at the beginning of the chapter was literally just to get the fucking spores of the Sakurambo or, you know, like disperse the, you know, like some kind of plant based spore based you know like bio biology based you know mist or something that they inhaled that activated you know the sleeper cell thing and it's like yeah you you effortlessly cleared these fodder sakurambo in the first couple of pages of this chapter but you don't know that by doing that you put my plan into motion because you've now inhaled the spores or something to activate the sleeper cell program that i maybe implanted in you when you were children or whatever you know uh eagle was talking about earlier you never know But it's just um, crazy to think about, yeah.
2: I'm thinking that he didn't go crazy until after his wife died, so I feel like it's not something that they did with the children. Oh, sure. That's a personal take. Sure, but, yeah, that um, makes a lot of sense. I, I feel like the the Sakurambo waves, there's definitely credence to that because Koichiro didn't fight any of those. He found a room, he's like, they've already been taken care of. yeah. Hmm.
0: But also, when the Sakurambo explode out of his hand, you can see that Steel Spider is kind of, like, you know, slicing them up, and then Izumo's, mm-hmm. you know, exacto knife is slicing a couple of them, too. So, they're definitely, like, if we are going with the idea that the Sakurambo exploded and, like, put spores out, or whatever that, like, you know, caused this manipulation of Futaba and Shinzo, then I mean, like, technically, you know... uh uh, Kyoichiro was also exposed to that same thing, so I don't think it's like a whoever is there. You know, that's a that's a soccer or um that's a Yozakura family member will be under the effect of this control just because they were in the room. It has to have been something that was specifically given to um, you know, Futama and, 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 and Shinzo, if we're going along the idea oh. that um that the soccer Rambo are, are, are the cause of this.
2: I thought it was like a con- I treated it like a conditional thing, right? Mm-hmm. So like those two siblings, like Shinzo and Futaba, fought the Sakaranbo, got exposed to, like, fresh spores. Yeah. Then, um, Kuicho, who didn't fight with them, found, like, stay, walked through a room with, like, stale spores, right? Yeah. Finds the thing. It seeks out, it seeks out a specific scent that is a combination of Yosakura bloodline from Momo, because they beeline for it. They don't go to Tayo. They don't go to anyone else. They beeline for Futaba and Shinzo. And then get destroyed. Which disperses the other half of that. And it's like those poisons that like... Um, like two-stage, multi-stage poisons. To like... Um, there was a story. There was a poison taster. And he was like one of the best in the world. And the way they finally managed to get past him... Was they fed him and his, like, the person he was taking care of, um, poisons that didn't interact with each other until all three of them were in his stomach.
0: Oh, shit.
2: Like, two chemicals combined, they fused, created a a third thing that once the...
1: (coughs) Yeah, I don't know, I mean, I feel like on page (laughs) two here, like, they definitely slice up, like, six or seven of these guys, um... Kyoichiro and Izumo do. Yeah. So I feel like there would have been some pretty fresh spores in there with him, too. Being that they did, like, you know, you can see, like, next to Izumo on the left, one, two, above his head, another two. Kyoichiro slices one and two, they're both around his head, and it looks like there's even another one, like, right under his right elbow, under the speech bubble. Yeah. Off panel. Yeah. So they sliced up a good number of them. Right. So if it was, like, a fresh spores right now situation, it would either be, like, a, it would, it would just have to be that he did not ever put whatever the first chemical, maybe, in, yeah. that, in yeah. that two chemical scenario, into Kilichiro. Just period. He never did. Because um, he does I slice think, up some ones here. Yeah.
2: I think the method of the destruction is going to be a factor into who got exposed to what.
1: Oh,
3: Killy
2: sure. and and the, the president, spy president. They're using exacto knives and razor wires. Like, they're using something that is high precision, not something like... If you cut something with, like, a super thin, like, laser, they don't explode. But if right. you hit something with, like, a golf club, yeah. they, they, you know, like Shinzo does, it's going to burst And Like, if you hit a... It's like, you know, hitting a can of pop, right, with yeah. something, right? Yeah. If you shoot it with a nail, it's not going bur- like, to... Like, a fine wire, it's not going to burst. It's going to, yeah. you know, do a little splatter. Hit it with a golf club, Boom. And like Futaba was going around with Ashura, who's basically just a walking Gatling gun. So yeah. like,
1: one well, she hits him with like this like concussive yeah. wind attack You're, or whatever. This martial arts. Them. Yeah.
2: So I feel like the exposure was force. maximized with right. those two. Yeah, there's uh, more of an explosive
0: and... factor to the damage yeah. that Shinzo and Futaba deal in their fighting style versus the very precise and very, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, thin fighting style that uh, Izumo and, and Kyoichiro use. So that could be the visual detail that separates the people affected from the people who weren't, right? Because we can assume that this is going to affect Yozakura family members only, even though everyone else in the room would be exposed to whatever the spores or the explosive effect of the Sakurambo. You know, if we're, if we're inside of the idea that these things blowing up are the reason why you know, Futaba and, and Shinzo are, are under the effect of whatever this manipulation is, then yeah, everyone in the room is still exposed to whatever that is, but only Futaba and Shinzo have been manipulated. So yeah, I think I mellows on to something with the fact that they have fighting styles that have a more explosive effect on their targets than Shinzo and Izumi, or I mean, uh, Kyoichiro and Izumi. Yeah, yeah, like inside that. of that line of thought, anyway, yeah. But at the same time, they're all in, like, really close proximity, so, like, even though, like, you know, Shinzo and Futaba are the ones that destroyed these things with more blunt force trauma, like, Toichiro is still standing right there. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, well, like, I've,
1: yeah. At first, though, he was in a completely different room. Oh, you know, made oh. a fair point about that, because they were in the library they fucking brah and they oh, get a few yes. on the way out and then they're like oh shit chase them down and then yeah. they get to the rooms and they're like oh shit yeah you're totally Y'all right you already handled it they are in different rooms absolutely okay yeah wow oh um, yeah, man there are no other yosakura family members around uh shinzo or futaba when they do destroy him proper yeah. anyway yeah. obviously Tayo's is there Yeah, but he's not. But he's not
2: of the Momo's blood, so I don't think he can do that kind of stuff directly. Yeah. Because um, Momo's definitely using uh, Tsubome's ability to affect direct bloodline descendants. Yeah. Like, in that, like, creepy house of disappearances. Yeah. They had um, the, like, Kengo ancestor that was just like, I don't like doing this, but I am being forced to do this. Yeah. And so, like, the idea's been seeded for a long time, and I I, I really think it's horrifying that that came back. Yeah. Um, because I believe that, like, of, like, a lot of technologies or, like, magics or whatever that exist in all fiction, I think that, like, enchantment mind control magic is the most unethical of all magics.
4: For sure. Because, like...
2: Necromancy, a corpse can't give consent. Okay, yeah. like it can't be robbed of something like that whereas like mind control definitely does.
0: Yeah, it's like you were cool you before truth. and now you're not and you want you 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 want to be, you know, who you were before but can't. You know what I mean? Like with a corpse it's like, well, you died and then your life left and now I'm repurposing you whereas yeah. like you were a living conscious sentient thing and now I have taken that from you even though you should still have it and that's what makes it feel gross
3: Mm-hmm.
2: absolutely yeah. like even visually the idea of like their hair dying being dyed like turning black yeah makes me think of how like during the color pages we would see all the individual siblings and how colorful their hair was and how like those like different colors kind of represented their different personalities like tayo was was, like, you now know, they're red, oh, and, yeah. like, God. Shinzo's green, yeah. Yeah. and, like, Shion's purple, but now they're all being dyed black. They're being made, you know, they're being stripped to of their conform. originality.
0: Yeah, their individuality. Yeah, that's a really cool thought, actually. Aesthetic I didn't even think point. about that. Yeah, that actually is. Yeah. And the page and, um, turned into Momo on, like, from five to six, just, like, instantly makes you gasp, and, like, that says something a lot about, like, you know, the sheer, like, presence that Momo Yozakura has, like, as a villain in a story, you know what I mean? Like, there are villains that, like, when they introduced into a scene, you're automatically worried intense, like, holy shit, what's going to happen? I'm worried for everybody involved. And then there's villains that show up to a scene, and it's like, oh, okay, there's the villain. Like, let's see how we're going to deal with it. But Momo it just immediately injects, injects such an intense feeling of dread just because of the unexpected nature of his arrival and the fact that he's that well built up as a villain and we know his capabilities and we know, you know, like how formidable he really is. So him being injected into the scene right here when he's played like a behind the scenes, like catch me if you can kind of role in this arc so far, it's just like, oh no, if he's showing up right now in the flesh, that means shit's really about to pop off and we have a really, you know, big reason to be worried for everybody involved. And it's like, if you weren't thinking about how good, you know momo's writing was before it's like if you turn the page and kind of just like unconsciously like gasp and clench just because of his presence in the moment it's like that will make you think about his writing by itself just like if you didn't think yeah. about it before it's like damn it's like how can this dude have like such a profound effect on the reader just from entering the scene and it's like well you look back at him it and it's like no this dude has been built up like very well to to have this kind of effect in this moment, and it's like, dude, he has to be the best the next best villain in jump after you know the two that immediately come to mind, like
2: yeah, he's yeah, got complete like uh, lieutenant Sarumi vibes, yeah, just an iconic villain, and like that page six, they look nonchalant, they even seem pleasant. They're not saying anything, but like all the stuff that's just been foreshadowed, all the insanity, the brutal, the brutal, th- the brutality, the cold, calculated nature of what he's done is just, and like the randomness, the seeming randomness behind it.
0: Right. Like we can't connect all the dots for his reasoning, so it makes it that much scarier. Yeah. <laughs>
2: and that that's build up that's yeah. payoff like i i love that we've reached a point in the series with momo where he can just literally be on a blank page and just smile at you and you're like ah yeah. man
0: no like what's going not on not like this
2: yeah. and then i got surprised even further with like the the the, the you know the heel switch and the, you know the sleeper agent yeah pull on them
0: yeah yeah And he's just like talking so confidently like this is always how it was supposed to go you know what I mean like come let's go home it's like no explanation necessary it's supposed to be like mysterious and ambiguous like what do you mean by that and even Tayo is like who is he saying that to and it's just like the sheer confidence in the situation I like the Ryu stuff like I'll be generous and give you a chance to atone for what you did to Ray and your kids because like. He's getting really mad just seeing Momo right here. And it's like, you have, like yeah. you did something terrible to these people that I legitimately care about. And it's like, he's very, like, you know, nonchalant and confident and not worried a lot of the time. You know what I mean? It's at least since we've seen him in the story so far. So, like, seeing that this is something that pisses him off and, like, kind of, like, has him break that initial characterization to go into beast mode. It's just like, oh, man, that does a lot for Ryu's character in relation to how he feels about, you know, the cast or whatever, because it's, like, there's not gonna be a whole lot of moments that are going to bring him into this state of anger, you know what I mean? But him thinking about what Momo did to Rey and the Yozakura family is bringing that out of him, so it's, like, holy shit, Ryu's really, you know, on the squad, on the team, down for the fam, you know what I mean? And that just yeah. does a lot for, for the scene to, like, give Ryu these stark black pissed I-need-to-fuck-you-up kind of, like, you know... Yeah. Presence in the scene. Oh. <laughs> yeah.
2: I just thought of something. So, with the introduction of the old the gold ranks, and we were talking about how the, a lot of them have like these parallels with um, the main cast, is this basically going to be a moment where it's just Tayo and the other gold rank members fighting a fully controlled cast of the Yozakura siblings? where oh man they weren't there to be parallels, they were there to be substitutes as like a sibling retrieval mission yeah. where it's just their replacements and Tayo has to like learn how to like work with people that he doesn't know. He's like, I understand your gist. I yeah. understand that you're like this good and yeah. like you you could replace that Boyd, but like I've lost the ease in which they like I communicate and operate on the field because you're different people and like the yosakura family has been like seemingly impenetrable as like a full unit so yeah. i want to see that unit be divided conquered altered and so that they you know they have more glaring weaknesses
0: Yeah, I like where you're going with that, too, because it's like if Futaba and Shinzo have been kind of, like, taken off of the protagonist team and turned into obstacles for the protagonist team, then Ryu and Shura kind of coming in as their replacements to be on, you know, the side you root for is, like, a really cool situation because it's like, I don't want them to hurt Shinzo or Futaba, but, like, they gotta be stopped, and it's like, these are basically, like, the gold rank... Character equivalents outside of the family that represent Shinzo and Futaba so it makes sense as like a, a Swap, you know what I mean? It's like Shinzo it's and Futaba. It's funny juxtaposed take... too. Right, exactly.
1: Shura is Shinzo and Ryu is Futaba, really. In terms the of their body, skill, in yeah. terms of their kits and their skills. Oh,
0: skill sure. Yeah, absolutely. It is kind of inversed in that way. That is tight.
2: Nice. I like that. Inverse is oh. the word I was looking for Yeah. yeah. I really do like that. And it just makes me wonder anytime we get more background on these new gold rank members they're like, alright, who's go is-, is is she on next now that we talked about Giga? Like is Oh man is Nanao next now that we have that like evil little Stoner Doctor?
0: <laughs> yeah are there even going to be any more members of the yozakura family that are controlled and manipulated by momo is it just going to be shinzo and futaba for now and then they deal with this and then momo has like another area of his plan that he decides to go with instead of trying to take over the entire family because like we can assume that this is his plan for the whole family because this will tie back into his idea about how we're going to be a family again and you just don't know why yet so this, it, it makes sense that he would want to eventually extend this manipulation to the rest of the family so that they can be together again in his mind. But I wonder just how far that's going to go. Like, are we going to get to a point where it's just Tayo and Kyoichiro? Or maybe just Kyoichiro, you know, is the only one not affected? Or, I'm sorry, um, Tayo is the only one that's not affected? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then, like, Kyoichiro is is manipulated, Shion you know, can go, like, all of them, and then it's just, like, a Taio versus the family kind of thing, obviously, with the help of other gold Rank spies and Izumo and whatnot, but that would just be a ridiculous situation to get in Yozakura family, if that's really where Gondaira went with it.
2: Oh, man. So, I think that because the Sakuranbo are made from Yozakura cells, that the way they're manipulating the siblings is through all the so many cells Mm. in organs that they have in their bodies but that
4: means Mitsume
2: won't be as affected because she doesn't have those cells in her body so there's a chance that she might not be mind controlled in the same way
0: yeah, I feel like they but, I feel like more members of the family have to Because like what do they just like stop the plan at Futaba and Shinzo, like right here, and then like that's the full extent of it.
2: No, I feel like Momo yeah. definitely forced the issue because he says, We're going home. Where's Mitsumi? Home. What are the other siblings gonna do? Rush back home and try to defend Mitsumi. And that brings them into, you know, domination infection range.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think we have to I think like the conclusion of this particular scene or moment in the in the story for the arc will end with, like, a separation. Like, they're not going to entirely thwart and get Shinzo and Futaba back. Maybe they scuffle for a little bit, and then Momo's like, okay, this is getting a little bit too hairy. Let's get out of here, kids. Regroup, reset, and then come back later to get more siblings manipulated. I can definitely see it being a separation instead of, like, a no-we-beat Momo right here. And now he has to, like, scuttle back to his base and think of a new plan kind of situation. Because I just don't think you introduce this and then just have it be Shinzo and Futaba, and then they, you know, solve the you know the 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 issue like in the moment and then they get Shinzo and Futaba back right away I just don't think it happens like that I think Futaba and Shinzo leave with Momo and then they have to think about what they're going to do next and then they come back and slowly just start continuing to you know um manipulate more and more family members one by one I think that's where the drama is going honestly but I like this page eighteen where we use like brainwashing, mind control. Spies have dozens of ways to play others like puppets, but there is always a way to break that control. And Kyoichiro's like, you're right. First it was apprehending Momo, now it's rescuing our siblings. Only one more objective was added to our mission, that's all. And it just says a lot about the caliber of spy that can have the experience to know that, hey, this situation has gone entirely wrong and outside of our expectations. But this is how we deal with it in the moment. Don't let it overwhelm you. We have answers there. They they can still think logically, despite the big boss of the situation, like the big final bad guy is in front of them and whatever they thought was happening is actually not happening at all. And like all of their expectations have just been shattered, but they still have, you know, a strategic through line that they can grab hold, you know, of and, and give themselves, you know, the, um the determination and the, and the will in the moment to deal with it, despite being completely blindsided by Momo right now. So it's like a gold rank spy flex that they can remain so calm and have an idea and a plan in motion right away despite things going horribly wrong for them like never let them see you sweat kind of shit like we can use our experience to deal with this despite it being the worst case possible scenario and kyoichiro is just trying Mm -hmm. to shrug it off like oh no it's just one more objective you know what i'm saying it's just like something else we got to do now you know what i mean it's like no fam like this is shit has hit the fan caliber of drama right now
2: (laughs) i really enjoy the fact that kind of compartment it's a super practical way because like if you look if you feel it you know through the whole thing and you don't try to like rationalize it at all and like break it down into smaller steps it would feel overwhelming so the idea that that is a tool to just like minimize mental stress and like narrow down my your focus and stuff i i love that that's a great yeah um crisis response
0: right and it the situation yeah. is just so wild because it's like if we're going to rescue Futaba and Shinzo we'll have to give it our all and it's like it's so much harder to apprehend someone like in a in a in a world where the job is spy, assassin, whatever, fighter, some kind of warrior. You know what I mean? We always get those kind of lines of dialogue in action fiction, I want to say at least kinds like this where it's like It's really easy to just kill someone and then the problem is over, but you're trying to save someone while having to fight them that immediately makes it so much harder of a task. You know what I mean? And it's like we obviously don't want to hurt Shinzo and Futaba, so we have to fight them with all of our strength because they're that capable, but we can't go 100% because we're not trying to harm them. It's like the margin of error is like non-existent. You have to be on point and do everything perfectly if you want to accomplish this goal. And that just raises the stakes
1: that much higher. Yeah. 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 I can't. Uh, <clears throat> I can't wait to see Ryu and Shura next chapter though. Yeah. Because uh, the illustration of their faces on page eighteen was super fucking hype to me. The way their eyes are just like shaded out. Yeah. It's like we about says do to do it. To me, like them. <laughs> they're both on action next. Yeah. Just straight action next chapter. Yeah. But. I mean, I I think narratively it makes most sense for them to like kind of retreat here um you know for me how many siblings potentially get taken under control is up in the air i don't think it'll be all of them right just cuz that i feel like could get to a point where it feels a little redundant mm. it could be all of them if maybe he come he retreats comes back with shinzo and fucking futaba yeah and he's like okay now i got all y'all but i don't think it could be like a fucking come back get a couple more and now come back get one more and now come back get the rest of your type depending on how it's it's
0: executed though like that could just like work towards like increasing stakes and increasing dread it's like oh my god we keep losing more and more families to or more and more family members to this manipulation back to back like on paper sure if you like have it in a vacuum it's like oh really he came back and got another family member oh really he came back and got another family member i could see why it could feel redundant in that way
1: but I mean, like the writing well, around it too, like, yeah, i you know, still haven't figured out a way to fucking counter this shit.
0: Yeah, the writing can't around him it back can get be more. Crazy you ain't though. gotten
1: a single one back. Yeah. I don't
0: know. Yeah, I think I think that I think that just the idea of it just being increasing stakes over time with more and more family members falling to the manipulation can be really well handled and executed. I definitely wouldn't put it past go and die root or write the shit out of that but i definitely can see where you're going on it because it's like but at the same time it's like for the sake of drama and stakes i don't see it happening really any other way like i feel like you don't start this you know um you don't start this idea without committing to the full worst case scenario potential that it has you know what i mean you don't just get two of them and then they save the two and then that's all that's all it is for for this area of writing i feel like you have to keep you know piling on the there's nothing we can do about this kind of feeling by more and more family members succumbing to it, so it's hard yeah. to say, yeah, but it's know. a
1: hard line to toe because I feel like it has to be this is why I'm leaning towards it has to be like a retreat here, then come back, get the rest one shot, yeah, because like if it's a if it's a gradual kind of situation, I feel like each time he comes back, yeah takes away from how we view these gold rank spies in the sense of like you said their adaptability yeah their mental perception level yeah how quickly they were able to realize what was happening here yeah so now he's come back four or five times got more and y'all still ain't fucking yeah that makes
0: yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah you're right i think that they, they maybe do clash right here hit a stalemate or maybe they like get an advantage and momo's like all right that's too rich for my blood let's pull out reset And then, you know, try again another time. And then the second time they come back, they do just get the rest of them all in one swoop. I think that that works towards the stake building that I was talking about without it having to be a one at a time thing that would eventually make you question like just how capable these people are to allow this to keep happening over and over and over again. But at the same time, it's like it's our family members. So it's like it's hard to kind of. Um, you know, defend against it, you know what I mean? Because it's like, oh, no, another family member got taken over. It's like now that fucks our mental space up that much more and, and affects our, you know, capability just in, in that situation itself. It's like, oh, man, now we have that much more to be distracted by and take away from our ability to do what we need to do because we just lost another member. But I do think I agree with you that it makes the most sense for him to retreat now, come back, and then get the rest of them that he's going to get in one fell swoop. Yeah, for sure. That
1: feels better. That feels better. But I think, I don't know, that's about all I had for Yozakura this week. Yeah, I think I'm good, too. All right. Well, about time we got into the fourth chapter of the night, chapter 193 of Jujutsu Kaisen, Sakurajima Colony Part 3. And, man, this, uh, I really love the choreography of this chapter. You know, it's was you know as always very very good. Gege always flexing in with the uh the smooth ass choreography and Jujutsu Kaisen that really makes the manga feel like it really is in motion more so than any other manga we really, you know, cover in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um never enough praise for that, obviously for real. Yeah, speed um, is represented very really well. Yeah. Yeah, and my favorite part I think, you know, and it's noted by Maki as well was how now he was able to fucking spin in place to deflect Maki's sword attack when he was kind of like locked down by Kashimo. Yeah. Um, Not Kashimo, but Kamo. Kamo, um, yeah. And uh, I love the way Jujutsu Kaisen characters like think and adapt so quickly on their feet inside of the fights. Yeah. And uh, make things that we'd almost never expect to be done actually very potent right. inside of them. Yes, so, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's definitely cool to see, man.
0: Yeah, the Jujutsu Kaisen is, like, I feel like when it comes to, like, action and, like, power systems and whatnot in these shonen manga, it's, like, the ones that really stand out to me is just, like, how much game theory are you using, like, in... The, the narration and storytelling of like your action and your strategy and your power system, right? Because it's like if we're constantly getting the logical reasoning behind every decision that's made at any moment in combat, it's going to feel that much more real. You know what I mean? Like when you consider your options and you go, I could go this way or I could go this way. Here's the pros and cons to both. And then you commit to a decision. It, it feels that much more compelling in the action. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of stories that are really just like, all right, I got hit by an attack, I need to get back. It's all like willpower and like ambition and like what you want to do in a moment. It's like, I can't lose here. I have to, I have to pull it out somewhere and then boom, another big attack gets sent out. And then you see whether or not that was effective against the enemy and then the enemy recovers and then goes, you'll never beat me. And then like throws their own attack back and forth at you and like that works or whatever. Like that's totally fine. There's nothing inherently wrong with that. But it speaks more to me in stories like Jujutsu Kaisen, Hunter, Hunter, you know, in stories where logical consistency kind of seems to be something that matters, maybe not the most to the storyteller, but like a great deal. And it's noticeable, you know what I mean? It makes the action feel that much more engaging, you know what I mean? Because it's like now we're asking those same questions, like we're considering the pros and cons of the strategy that's being laid out and To see what decisions that the characters make while throwing all of the possibilities out makes it feel that much better because it's like oh what if they would have done this instead that they talked about and it's like well they committed to this one right here and we're seeing just how effective that was in every stage of the decision making and it's just it just makes it feel that much better as an action Mm -hmm. scene you know what i mean instead of just like here's my attack here's their attack here's my attack here's their attack with some like willpower or like you know, ambition mm. writing in between. It's like that's fine, but it ain't hitting like shit like this. You know what I mean? At least not for me.
1: Yeah, yeah. I feel like Camo's uh, bow got broken as well. Oh, his bow got see broken. It kind of broken here on the on right oh, next to yeah, his leg. Oh, yeah, it definitely did. On which page?
2: It's shattered on
1: the first page. page Second. Two. Oh, yep. Um, yeah, it's cooked. Yeah, and I mean, speaking again to the level of like. I don't know just proficiency inside of these fights and like synergy like this sequence on four five and six i feel like happens in literally like a fraction of a second oh yeah where fucking maki slides in boom deflects fucking um now you're coming in in the very next panel she's sliding away carrying the momentum from that attack and you already get these bands of blood that that kamo has boom binds him Maki fucking boom hits the sword. He deflects that. Like I feel like all that happens in literally like pew, pew, pew. two seconds. Yeah, yeah. Oh you yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And for it's sure. just I'm... a, an impossibly high level of fucking synergy without words. Right. Yeah. For real.
2: Man, I love the way this fights, and I think that like by breaking the bow and like, I think that Noritoshikamo is just gonna be like this is going to be the breakthrough fight, right? Like, it's going to bring him to his absolute brink and force him to, like, really adapt his blood technique or how he visualizes his technique or how he applies it to, like, counter-specific aspects of the new curse womb, Naoya Zenin. Um, Because I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, man, he's getting, you know, hard-diffed. you know, destroyed throughout the like be, this first encounter. I'm like, yeah, but like, it's not over till it's over. Right. And like, I feel like mid-fight do-or-die evolutions are probably the most fun.
1: But that's just you know, my that's my little dark horse in the race. Yeah, for um, sure. Um, yeah. I mean, people a lot of people would call it ass-pull. <laughs> they would say it's trash, but I agree
2: it feels good, you yeah. know, it wouldn't be a tropa manga if it, you know, it didn't yeah Um, the part that I was really interested in is like now that Naoya is a curse how does his projection sorcery change because we know that when he was alive a mortal he could do 25 24 frames per second yeah I wonder how many frames they can do, even thirty frames would be insane, but like Mach three speed is something like Almost two
0: thousand three hundred feet per
2: second oh wow it's it's stupid fast
3: yeah i guess Close
0: i I got. guess I didn't look up like what the mocks do. I should probably do that Mach the highest mock
2: speed that we've gotten is like Mach six. So, like half that I guess I don't know, uh, not exactly, yeah, um, oh, so the first like, mock nope. is
0: the speed of sound, so then every mock after that is a is a is a a duplication of that, like speed or whatever, so Mach three is three times faster than the speed of sound, oh, I didn't know that that's yes. how it worked, okay thirty three miles per minute, oh man, damn, that's crazy.
1: That is insane. And
0: that'll make you feel like, oh my God, how is Maki going to deal with that? Like these are speeds higher than like, you know, um, piercing blood and like the higher, you know, speeds, you know, caps that we've kind of seen in the series. And it's like she has Toji's Heavenly Restriction, bro. And we know that um, we know that she has the potential to outspeed Naoya even in this form, because if you think back to Um if you think back to the Dagon. In Shibuya mm, incident, yes. Dagon made a comment about like, holy shit, this motherfucker's running on water right now. Or somebody made a comment about how Toji was like running on water. And then maybe Dagon after that was like, and he keeps getting faster too. No matter what I do, the speed just keeps increasing or whatever. And I think I saw actually mm. somebody talking on Twitter. Um, they had this like really cool thread. Hold on, I have to pull it up. I have to pull it up because I just thought about it. And I know that I did I retweet it? Please let me have retweeted it. Okay, so I am Samuel, I am underscore Samuel 5 on Twitter. Shout out to I am underscore Samuel 5, aka Shonen Vibes on Twitter. Um, really quick but potent thread that they had on this situation. I think the problem Maki is having in this battle is more of mental than physical. Toji in every battle will always push his body to its limit and even get faster and stronger because he understands his body and takes every opponent seriously and enjoys the battle. Then he says Maki, in a similar situation, decides to underestimate her opponent by thinking his speed would be the same as when he was human, and she has yet to push her limits with her heavenly restriction. Maybe Maki is still mentally affected by Mai's death. I like the way that they put this in the thread because it does make sense that, okay... Yes, Maki has Toji's same heavenly restriction, but she that doesn't necessarily mean that she is going to be the exact same kind of fighter as Toji, just automatically you know what i mean like she has to she doesn't have to but like it makes sense to give her some kind of character flaw that allows her to not immediately access the full potential of her new capabilities just because she has them you know what i mean you have to show some kind of growth at least in combat iq or outlook or you know whatever that shows a gradual rise to that toji state instead of just saying you have the heavenly restriction now go do toji stuff at toji level you know what i mean so i like that thread because it breaks down the fact that yes you do have the physical aptitude that toji has now that you have his exact same um heavenly restriction but there's still some work that you have to do up here before you can realize the full potential of it and i think yeah, that, so i think, you... i think i agree that that's what we're seeing right now in maki and she is eventually going to you know overcome whatever that hurdle is that she's facing and bring her yeah. that much closer to a true toji state after experiencing you know you know some kind of um uh, disadvantage that she is experiencing yeah. right now because of that flaw
1: in her mental state comparatively yeah, that's really interesting um, I think it so like inside of that line of thought, then do we think would we be more inclined to lean towards her not being able to properlyize the situation? proper not being able to properly analyze the situation um because she hasn't leaned into it that much yet or do we think she's like overthinking the situation and not depending on her body and it's having the restriction enough whereas like i feel like toji as soon as he starts fucking spinning like this we get a panel of toji like leaping across trees and he meets him in the middle of one of these fucking streaks and is like stabs <laughs> him in his fucking dome or some shit some, like some
0: yeah you'd see some shit like that whereas maki is kind of on the more like let's see what he does and then try to react toji would be like oh you're trying to do something i already have the way to fuck you up It mid motion yeah like mid mm-hmm. yeah like i'm already that far ahead of you because his combat iq is just
1: that astronomically
0: high in
1: comparison, like he don't even to- let him start you don't even let him start building up the speed like this panel on the top of page 12 and 13 where he's blitzing across the water like toji's next to him like what's up bro where (laughs) are you going (laughs) (laughs) dog?
0: yeah that would be the difference in the fighting style absolutely i think you're i think you're spot on
2: yeah toji's super proactive he tries to attack you like while you're mid swing so that you can't change what you're doing and like Mm. Maki defeated Naoya last time by being defensive and, like, passive-reactive to, like, what was going on. And Mm. then they try to do the passive-reactive thing that they beat them because they were able to see in 24-second frames per second and able to, like, like predict where they're going. It's not going to work anymore. And, like, this is a, you know, just because it's successful... Doesn't mean you can use it every single time, right? um I think they're relying on their durability a little too much, and so yeah, now they have to be. And the system was like, "Well, I can't just deal like endure. That's no longer the best defense. I think the best defense is a good offense."
0: And yeah, I think you're. I think to you're onto something, mellow I think that. I think that Maki maybe is. You know, um, with her newfound um, capabilities, I think she might maybe not like i don't think i want to use the word arrogance but just like hmm. overly confident. overconfident yep. yeah like in her in her like new situation she's like oh man i have this body now like i just went and massacred the entire zenin clan like no diff like mm-hmm. i'm kind of like untouchable right now in this state like you know and it's now again who she already dusted once like sure she has you know the the mind to understand that he's stronger now in this state than he was before but at the same time, I think that she's on some, like, I'm untouchable. Like, let's see what he does. Like, Toji wouldn't 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 be on that. He'd be like, yo, I'm cold, I'm nice, but I'm still, you know, my head is in the game enough to know to take you out as soon as possible without letting you do what you want to do just because I know I can take it. It's like, no, I'm getting you the fuck out the paint as soon as possible and not going to overly rely on my ridiculously defensive body, you know, or whatever. Like, he understands his heavenly restriction, but he doesn't let it be a point of, like, <laughs> do your worst and I'll find a counter it's like no I'm going to use the best you know offensive measure possible to kill you before I even see what you can do type shit hmm. so I think that's the difference in their in their mental states right now you need to have a difference like that so that she doesn't just legitimately feel like a clone right away you have to give her a, a, you know a, a flaw that she can progress a hurdle yeah you know what I mean like you have to give it you have to have it gradual you have to let it build she can still be yeah. badass and crazy and you know evaporate most opponents but like you give her a, a difficulty like this and it's like now we have a, a reason to expect her to come out of this with a newfound you know um, understanding of her body you know what i mean like okay so i could do it like this i should do it like this you know, because you could see on that last page, like, she's looking right at this motherfucker. She's like, looking right at him. Yeah, like, I like I could see oh, it.
1: Lots of Luffy shit. Yeah, I
0: could see the next shit, like, you know, like, what, well, like, the, we just had a character that was kind of in this situation. It was fucking Yuta, who we know she's, like, super cool with. Like, Kuro Rishi was over that motherfucker the exact same way when he was fighting the, the cockroach, uh, special grade, uh in in his colony and what did he do he grabbed that motherfucker by the face and shot fucking positive energy right into his fucking mouth and shit so i could see maki on some simple, some similar type of time like yeah you're over me right now and i'm about to bite your fucking face off real quick like mm. you know like i could see her on some you know like mm. instant recovery type shit even though she looks like she's super fucked up right now i can see uh, an what instant recovery yeah
2: what if she grabs him by his, like, muscle fiber, like, ropey I was, fibers, right. and just grabs him by that, and he tries to, like, get away? He's like, no. Yeah. Just pulls him yeah. to her.
0: Yeah, like, you're like, faster than me right now, but you're not stronger than me. You just fucking yeah. put yourself in grabbing distance, so now come here, motherfucker. And he could, try, yeah. he could try to get away all he wants, but if he can't build up that speed to add to his power, like, he's not... Stronger than Maki, I don't give a fuck. Like you can be faster all you want, but you
1: ain't going nowhere if Maki grabs you. <laughs> yeah, and we see, we see that uh, that handshake fight that you referred to in Sakamoto inside of Jujutsu Kaisen, yeah. where they're fucking hey. literally like Maki's holding him like. Bah! oh man that scene i death matches his ass that scene
0: in dragon ball z when goku goes super saiyan 3 for the first time against the bigger first form boo he grabs him by his fucking like head dick antenna Antenna? and just bink 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 (laughs) yeah like a fucking like those balloons like those big like inflatable things that you hold and just like punch and they come back to you yeah (laughs) <laughs> kind of <like> paddle ball, <laughs> yeah, paddle ball and shit. Yeah, uh, man,
2: it makes me think of like who, uh, who, like who's underestimating who at that point. Yeah. And I like that little bit of reversal because I imagine because like the way Naoya is now designed, he reminds me of like a motorcycle engine, one of those like heavy skull rings bikers have, and like muscular. From mm-hmm. My Hero. Yeah. That's just the vibe I get from them. They look a little bit like uh, the Big Bad from, like, the original Digimon movie.
0: Oh, sure. A oh, little bit. man, that's taking me back.
2: Exactly. Yeah. But, like, because, like, Deku trapped himself in muscular's arm, like, arm uh-huh. fibers. And so I'm thinking that Maki might do something like that to, like, really mess with them. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like these... Go ahead, sorry. The projection sorcery stuff only works on, like, one thing at a time. So he can't freeze both of
0: them. Well, I mean, he mm. just, like, froze, like, what? Like, 20 I- instances of airflow and then fucking punched it and exploded all of them, like, true, in true. this chapter. And that's, like, really interesting, too, because like this is, like, something inside of projection sorcery that we haven't seen yet, which you can expect in a new projection sorcery fight or whatever. You obviously don't want to have all of the we haven't seen all of the capabilities of projection sorcerer across two fights i hope not so this is cool to get a new application of it and it makes a lot of sense you freeze you know like one instance of airflow over and over again so you give a physical form to something that is normally intangible and then you know it's just physics from that point on you fucking hit that solid thing and exploded and now you have like compressed air explosions you know what i mean and like that's just really fucking cool you know what i mean as an application for it
2: Oh, yeah. And it makes all the
0: sense in the world. Yeah, it's just tight.
2: It makes me... I love that he used that as a diversion to, like, fly away to build up momentum. Right, because this was Um, never going to
0: do enough damage to actually make a difference. It's definitely just, like, a smokescreen real quick. mm -hmm. Yeah. It's
2: like being, throwing, like, broken glass at someone. I'm like, that's effective. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Um,
2: The part that I thought was really interesting is the fact that, like, um... He doesn't have palms. Right? Like... He made a fist out of those ropey tendrils to like really try to box Kamo. Yeah. But Projection Sorcery was about line of sight, requires line of sight and often requires like touching something.
0: Oh yeah. So that's, the fact yeah, that he that's right.
2: froze multiple layers of airs without actively touching something. So does he have a maximum radius of his like cursed air like cursed aura that can reach that air? Like, oh, wonder, I see like, what you can mean. Can he remotely freeze things?
0: Yeah, I think he can just make the palm though, and that's like good enough. Like the tendril, like takes. I, I think maybe you don't need to shape the tendril or the the tendon tendril things like into a hand in order to activate the ability. But you can definitely see on the double page spread on page eight after the first panel with all of the sheets of of solid air in front of Maki when he's actually punching them. You can see that the the hand that's not punching. Is in the shape of, like a hand is shaped like a hand, yeah, know? yeah, so yeah. maybe that's what it is, but at the same time it's like why would that why would the tendons need to take the shape of a hand in order to conjure the 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 solid air sheets for his projection source? Or You would think that it you know it's just whatever your appendage is like why does it have to be shaped like a hand this is really hard for me to explain and think about right now but like i mean he's a human at, he was yeah, a human so he's gonna make like, him a hand he's yeah. like that's what he's familiar but with but does it have to be have a, a hand. on the end
1: of his appendage
0: does it have to be shaped like a hand Do the ten, do the tendons have to be shaped like that in order to to use the projection sorcery technique.
2: That would be I a nice limitation. So. I mean, for like the freezing aspect of their of projection yeah. sorcery, yeah. definitely not like the ex- self acceleration. Yeah. I think that's fine. A separate application doesn't require hands. But like during the Dagon fight versus Neobito, right? Like he needed to use um, he needed to touch it to turn it into frames. Like he yeah. could turn water into frames, right? And then when Jogo got rid of his hand, he was like, oh, I can't freeze as many things as possible now. Yeah. And that's what got him killed. Yeah, yeah. So part of me thinks that that would be a nice exploitable, like, throwback reason.
0: Sure. Plus, yeah. like,
2: y- yeah, you're a you're a curse now, but, like, you retain so much of your old self. Do you retain old habits and old perceptions? of how your cursed technique should be. Because, like, uh, what's that phrase that, like, Kenjaku and Mahito were always saying? Our worlds are defined by our techniques. Yeah. Is, does the body affect the technique, or does the soul affect the technique? And, potentially, both. And it's just, like, how much are we focusing on Nayo's, like, own self-perception, and, like, how he's viewing himself? like does he even know the limits of his own ability now
0: yeah is he just because he's like freshly new state curse womb form like does he like you know just as like a personal limiter think that he has to shape his tendons in the form of a hand in order to activate his technique but really the rules of the technique say that like it's just whatever your appendage is and obviously these tendons are his limbs now you know what i mean so maybe it doesn't need to actually take the form of a hand in order to activate it but you just have to use you know the tendons, you know what I mean to to create the the solid air sheets. I don't know. I'm going crazy thinking about this right now, and I feel like I'm not making much sense, but I think we can safely assume that like he doesn't have to actually form his tendons into a hand in order to activate it that's that's my final guess,
1: but yeah um so I feel like these. Fucking these caltrips have to come into play. Yeah. These blood caltrips. Yeah. Like what? What was Noritoshi's plan with these? How will they come into play? People are saying these these spots on Naya's back in the last double page panel look like the blood maybe kind of burning into him. Oh sure. I'm like, wondering
0: if maybe he ran into a couple of them on the way to Maki and that's the residual damage from them, which kind maybe. of looks like ineffective to me, to be honest.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. I wonder though. If they don't deduce this, uh, we get the we get the narration. Nadia's cursed spirit body drew in air through inlets and used thrusting pressure to cur- and cursed energy to compress and eject it for increased propulsion. So yeah. the way it looks is like I'm I'm assuming his body is basically designed like a jet ski, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. intakes air or water through a front inlet and then fucking. Propels it out the fucking back, you know, with jet propulsion. Oh,
0: so, so you think he's gonna plug him with these cows? Plug right? him up
1: with the fucking blood and clot that shit up, yes, bro. Yes, that is that so would be good. fire.
0: That is so good. That'd be fire because that makes oh. Kamo super effective in this fight, despite not having the physical stats to really even come close to keeping up. And that will, but it's like, oh, okay, there's the weakness of now yeah is that air has to pass through these inlets and if you clog them up and that like halves his speed or
1: better you know what i mean yeah and i mean with the jet ski if you drive through a patch of fucking seaweed and that motherfucker gets clogged up you don't go that jet ski just dies and you got to get under that motherfucker and pull that shit out before it'll even start again yeah, so, so Maki I mean, grabs I the tendons. Seriously curtail
0: Maki Maki's grabs the tendons to kind of like snare him in place for long enough for Kamo, who normally doesn't have the speed to keep up with Naoya, to give him the opportunity to clog the inlets with his blood, and then now he can't move nearly as quickly, and Maki just like, you know, pieces him up from there on. Yeah, I could totally mm. see that.
2: I like the idea that he's moving so fast, he's destroyed those caltrops into a fine red mist and just sucked it up into himself. Yeah. And he's like, oh, Mm. the droplet's already there. And then he does, like, an internal, like, um... Oh, what did Choso do? Supernova, where it, like, it's compressed. And I was thinking of, like, those little caltrops. They reminded me of, like, sea mines. So you bump Mm. into them and they explode. So it's already in my mind that they do, like, a (sighs) spike spreading burst
0: yeah and i'm just
2: like yes you could reform inside of him
0: yeah yeah no i think you i think you definitely hit the nail on the head there eagle i think that that's definitely how they take the advantage back in this fight and inevitably defeat uh cursed curse womb now because it's like that's literally just like feels like such an obvious layup now from gege like now cursed spirit body drew in air through inlets automatically it's like okay so these things can be clogged not automatically obviously because we didn't think about it until you brought it up but hindsight like you're like yes yeah. that is definitely how they counter
1: this yeah
3: mm-hmm.
1: um and i guess the last thing for me is just like you know we kind of already talked about the speed but like it's insane that fucking now his cursed spirit metamorphose like augmented his speed to the level it has now yeah like mach 3 is really fucking insane yeah that's actually fighter jet levels of speed yeah which obviously um, through the laws of physics is going to translate into like immense fucking power like we saw on you know, the last page obviously this shit wrecked Mocky. yeah and uh yeah it's terrifying to think about man yeah for real I... and uh you'll have to get him out the paint though yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: Were you gonna say no, "mellow mellow, sorry,
2: oh uh, you know the whole like I was very impressed with like page fifteen with and like uh page seventeen where they're tearing up the earth, you know glasses breaking by sheer proximity to that speed there's a thing, Mach three like like because it is the speed of sound, um Mach three speed should be relative because like this is one we have on our current ones like roughly like 22,000 or so plus miles per hour that's in the upper atmosphere where there's less like air resistance less
0: air resistance yeah there's less Ooh.
2: moisture there's less shit to, to be,
0: run like, into yeah <laughs>
2: bash through to so this is lower atmosphere and maybe he's doing Mach 3 but that doesn't like I'm not entirely sure how that maths out. Is he going faster than like what we would expect, right. or is he being slowed down because he would be going at this speed, but he's, you know, hitting that much more resistance? Oh, it could be
0: higher than Mach four or Mach three, but because he is low atmosphere, it's only Mach it's only Mach three. Ooh,
2: I don't like that either.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no. No, because that that's basically what you're saying, right? Because if he was higher up in the, in the atmosphere, he would have less things to run into that would slow him yeah. down, so that would be higher speeds up there, but he's really low to the earth and has other, you know, solid matter that he's running into, clearly like the ground and trees and yeah. et cetera, et cetera, that would technically be slowing him down from whatever his max potential yeah. top speed would be in a higher atmosphere. Yeah, absolutely. That is crazy to think about.
4: Um... The
2: only thing I have left is the idea... Because, like... Kamo doesn't have to manipulate only his own blood, right?
0: I can't remember, actually. Can, can I, it, no, 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 no. that's why he has the blood bags. Oh, wait, unless those, the blood, unless bags. those blood bags was... are his own blood. Maybe. Yeah. yeah, but at the Trap same
2: him. time, like... Could he theoretically <laughs> use, you know, the spare blood bare blood that Maki is just has pouring out of their mouth and being like,
0: and you're close and slice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely think that there's a reason why they're showing Maki bleeding so much. Obviously we want the 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 stakes just from like the fact that she's taken that much damage. It's like holy shit I don't think we've seen Maki, you know, this fucked up since she got this new heavenly restriction. There's a reason to worry up the dread levels or whatever by showing that mm-hmm. much blood. But also Kashim or Kamo is a blood you know technique fighter you know what i mean so there's always that chance that this excessive not excessive but this big amount of blood that is coming from maki could be used for one reason or another by kamo but we would have to know if he can only manipulate his own blood or if it's the blood of others i feel like i feel like it has to be his own blood because like if not then like why didn't Shoso just like ever use Yuji's blood against him in their fight, I guess, right? Because Yuji was bleeding like a motherfucker. And we never got, like, any dedicated dialogue or narration to the idea that Choso could be using Yuji's own blood against him. And I feel like that's not something that Gege wouldn't do if that was a possibility. At least I want to think that. So Mm. I think it might have to be his own blood. But I'm looking up his wiki page right now. Or it's just
2: more difficult... Like, it's too difficult to do in the heat of battle.
0: Yeah. You know, that thing
2: where, like, it takes more precise attention because it is someone else's blood. But that also gives us the idea that, like, if Kamo is able to manipulate the blood, even if it is at, like, a lesser or less speedy rate... Yeah, He could use that to, like, heal Maki from pretty grievous wounds. Yeah. He's like, ah, your blood... I'm going to put your blood back where it belongs. It, get, get back in there. Just gonna, oh, get sure. In there. Get yeah. Get yeah, yeah. back in there. Get yeah. back in. Scoop that all back in there. Let's go. Let's go. That's you're cool. Fine. You're fine. I like
0: that. I like that a lot, too. But it, on the wiki page, at least, it says, um, praised for his balanced set of abilities, blood manipulation grants Noritoshi the ability to control all aspects of his blood.
3: Okay.
0: So, I mean, like, that doesn't necessarily mean that he absolutely cannot manipulate other people's blood, but I, I could definitely see it being a thing in Jujutsu Kaisen where you add the caveat of it's not nearly as potent as controlling his own blood, but he can still technically do it if he concentrates hard enough for, you know, a specific effect. But it it's not worth it to try to use someone else's blood as, like, a weapon because the conditions are that, like, you should yeah. only be doing it with your own blood, and it's going to be that much more potent because it's your own blood, yeah.
2: It's it would be like uh, going to uh, like Jajangin. You know, yeah. it's not really set up for combat. It's right. just power.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: yeah. It's not feel uh, yeah. field practical.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't think I had anything else for GGT Kaisen this week though.
1: Yeah, I think that's about mm. all I had as well. Banger chapter, of course, though. Banger.
0: Yeah, and um, for anybody that thinks that Maki lost here or is, like, about to lose or die, absolutely not. I definitely 100% disagree with that. I don't think you give her the writing that you've given her so far just to have her die this quickly. And you can't put it past Gege. Nobody's really safe in Jujutsu Kaisen, really, you know what I mean? Especially not, like, the secondary characters, you know what I mean? And as great as Maki is, she definitely does fall into that you know, category of of character that doesn't feel as safe as, like, a Yuji does, you know, for example. But at the same time, like, look at what happened to Nobara. So, at the same time, it's like, yeah. yes, any character can go at any time or at least be taken out of the story, you know, for significant periods of time, even if they don't die. But I definitely don't think Maki loses here because it's like, then, like, what was it for? Like, you gave us all of that writing with her and Mai just for her to be rebirthed into this, like, you know new version of toji essentially and then you have her go kill the zenin clan and then the only two fights she gets outside of that before her character dies are against the same person before they inevitably beat her after like building up like the misogyny and like sexism inside of the character and it's like we're definitely overthrowing mm-hmm. that you eventually just have that theme win out in the end that doesn't really make sense to me so i definitely think that maki clearly recovers and just ends this motherfucker eventually <laughs> yeah yeah mm-hmm. But that's my last thought.
1: Yeah. Well, with that, I think we can go ahead and get into uh, the fifth chapter of the night. Yeah, wow. My Hero Academia, chapter 362. Light fades to rain. And um, I don't know. Obviously, this chapter was like insane. But... um, I definitely didn't. Just something that was a little weird to me. I definitely did not expect like all for one, Shigaraki to literally just fucking tank this laser. Yeah, with and 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 for it to literally have absolutely no effect whatsoever.
0: Tanked everything.
1: Honestly, it was just like really fucking off putting to me <laughs> that it was even like built up in this way for him to literally be like, <laughs> "You yeah. suck." Yeah. Like. It did nothing. Prime All Might wouldn't have died from that. Like, Prime All Might doesn't have weird fucking, I don't know. Hyper regen. I feel like we can literally chalk it up to this fucking body evolution thing that honestly just gives him the OD regeneration and durability that Kohei literally made a point to have stripped away from him by Star and Stripe, so...
0: Yeah, I know that's a little
1: fucking redundant to me and like a little contrived at times, but I don't know.
0: I know that the hyper regen was taken away by Star and Stripe because we actually like talked about that. I want to say in the last review that I was on, I think it was was just me and you. But the durability, I don't remember there being specific, um you know, dialogue for the durability quirk or situation Mm. or whatever when the Star and Stripe stuff was happening. But I do remember that we brought up the hyper regen thing last time we reviewed my hero academia so if he doesn't have that but he has this crazy durability like whatever but like yeah though like i could see that i could see him eating it and tanking it like effortlessly for the sake of like stakes and dread but
1: also like damn really no real damage at all like that's no damage and Ah. it seems like it hits him pretty directly like we get the cannon coming out it's shredding through the arms and shit immediately yeah getting closer to him you can see the energy and he's like you just don't get it but then it seems like Mirio kind of hits him and then it hits him wholesale. And after that, he's just like, yeah, use your heads. Like, that didn't do shit to me. But then if that fucking, if that didn't do shit, then how are fucking pre-Quark Evolution Bakugo explosions leaving a fucking lasting scar on his fucking face? Yeah. And um... and even f- past that, like, if, if this fucking laser's not doing shit, how the fuck is Blunt Force gonna do it? With what Deku's fucking kicks and punches, well, bro. Like, oh sure. What um, the fuck is going on? And I so um, I'm definitely gonna try and like remove and reserve these feelings and like let Kohei cook, cause yeah. like I don't like to be the type of reader who's like ah, A new thing just through. came out
0: in the story and I'm and i and I, and I feel one hundred percent this way about it no matter what. Yeah yeah yeah. It's
1: not but, like me, but this like, is just fucking oh. weird, bro. Sure.
2: I thought it was really solid because is when is all-for-one ever really that truthful? Like, I feel like the more he tries to, like, talk you into giving up, the more effective you're being. Because yeah. when you use the plants like, you can see the limbs flying. He's doing damage. He doesn't have hyper-regeneration. He has mass-generate... He has mass formation. Yeah. Because, like, the, the limbs are still taking damage, but he's still reproducing cells and, like building things like I almost view him as almost like his new ability is basically like a cancer cell it is a toxic cell and I think that maybe the fact that like he is using it so much that it might cause like improper replication of cells as he's outputting massive amounts of Cronenberg-esque growths to shield himself from his enemies and like what happens when he starts like rep- like replicating poorly replicated cells and it becomes like mm. tumor-esque, and he starts like not being able to do it well and has to like actively attack his own body rip it off and try to regrow properly mm. like is there a moment for that? Because like, the damage is still, the burn is still taking because he doesn't have hyper-regeneration and like, the limbs aren't regenerating. He's just it's repurposing like the
0: mass. Yeah,
1: He's, but, like, he's the not laser even eating up body. the mass. His actual body proper.
0: Yeah. Then, I, then what? I think what's happening, Then what happens? I think what's happening is that the vast hybrid plasma cannon shoots out it's ripping through the hands because obviously the hands are just like quickly made and thrown out in front of them. So like naturally they would be evaporated by the plasma cannon at that point blank distance. But then when it comes to his actual like body body, it's kind of like eating that because of the durability. And he has kind of has his feet planted in the ground, kind of pushing back against the plasma cannon until Mirio steps in, jaws him, and it kind of like throws him off of his um sturdy foundation, so that Mm -hmm. the concussive nature of the plasma cannon can continue to carry him off into the distance, but it's still not doing, you know, damage, damage to the body because of some kind of durability situation. So, like, that feels good to me to think about it like that, but, like, if the plasma cannon was just not going to be effective against his durability in the first place, then it does kind of make you wonder, like, how was Bakugo's, you know, hand explosions enough to kind of leave a lasting um wound on on shigaraki but the way that that eagle kind of like brought it up that does kind of like make sense and does kind of feel weird a little bit but like who knows i feel like we don't like get the full body of shigaraki again for the rest of the chapter to really see the full extent of the damage that the plasma cannon might have done and maybe just the shape-shifty nature of his ability isn't going to allow us to see you know like big damage from the plasma cannon visually you know what I mean? Like maybe like there'll be some kind of like narration or dialogue that we get later about just how effective the plasma cannon was on Shigaraki. Maybe some kind of like internal, you know, thoughts from Shigaraki or something like that I later. Hope so. I hope so too, because I definitely don't want to. It is weird to think about how like Bakugo's damage output was enough to leave this big of a lasting um, wound on Shigaraki, but the plasma cannon, for all of its buildup, didn't. So that is weird to think about that. But, and it literally um,
1: goes across the entire fucking sky, bro. Like right. it's
0: Mile-long. Mile-long mm-hmm. blast wave. For real. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's it, tricky. You do have a pretty it's good tricky. point, I'm not gonna lie.
2: Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. Uh I do like the... I think it's interesting that, like, Shigaraki is saying, like... Think about it. Remember All Might is Prime? Would something have killed him? It's interesting that he says All Might. Yeah. You know, it's like he's somehow... Like, I think he's threatened and is like, no, 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 I'm great. I am comparing myself to this person that was truly a threat. I don't think that you guys are threats. I cannot allow you myself to view you as threats because in my prime I was afraid of one guy and one guy alone. And if I'm afraid of you guys here and now after I've all I've spent, all I've invested into this grandmaster plan of of finding this kid and making him my perfect vessel and I'm afraid of you guys then it's all been for nothing and for mm-hmm. a per ego as big as all for ones. That's untenable. Yeah. Like he cannot let that stand and he even has that reaction with uh Bakugo, where he hates the fact that he's like, why am I suddenly panicking on page ten? Why am I reminded of, you know, the person that truly tried to kill him back in the day?
0: Yeah, I think uh them showing the second user, right? That's who that is mm-hmm. on uh yeah. page ten. The second inheritor or whatever. Yeah. That's that's pretty crazy mm-hmm. to, to get right there. <laughs> Cause so but many think... people were comparing like him to Bakugo. You know what I yeah. mean? Like when his design was originally kind of like given to us, they like it looks a lot, kind of a lot like Bakugo, and then you got like the weird time travel theories and whatnot, or whatever. But now this dude is coming into play directly in Bakugo related scenes, and it's just like, oh shit, what are you cooking right now, Kohei? Like, what I are don't here? think
1: it's, I yeah. don't think it's a Bakugo time traveling thing, but like, of course
0: not, of course not. I yeah. could
1: just be falling for the bait and switch right now, but I'm sold that Bakugo's descended from this dude. The second user of one for all, like this, this basically confirmed it in my mind, at least. When all for one literally has like a fucking PTSD flashback of the second user, yeah. Right as Bakugo is demonstrating the abilities of his awakened quirk, yeah. That, in combination with the fact that it's been alluded to by the one for all vestiges that the second user's quirk would like be an augmenting quirk for Deku's speed even more, yeah. Which was clearly under huge emphasis inside of like Bakugo's situation. Oh. Basically, you know, like it is literally telling us like he's moving at immensely high speeds right now because he can propel his body from any direction at any point in time. Yeah. And so like that even, you know, even more so confirms it in my mind at least. Plus Bakugo literally sees All Might's One For All vestige In his, like, subconscious hallucination state, which he recognizes as All Might instantly, even though it isn't super fucking clear who it is. Yeah. He knew instantly, without question, that it was All Might. And so, like, that altogether makes it really hard to, like, look away from these things. But Kohei could definitely, you know, hit us with a uh, curveball. But, you know right now at least it's hard for me to see it any other way with all these things in combination
0: yeah i agree i I think that's really cool too because it's like when the um design was originally given to us and people were like oh my god it looks like bakugo and they immediately went into a time travel situation i think that like clouded my 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 mind just because of how ridiculous that like felt to me it like prevented me from thinking about it any like deeper as like how it could actually be related to bakugo you know because it was like if this dude is really just a descendant of or if Bakugo is a descendant of the second user or whatever, and, like, then there's some kind of, like, you know, heritage or biological um, or genetic, you know, link there between the two, and, like, maybe this is, like, his great-great-granddad or some shit or whatever, then, like, that makes all the sense in the world, you know what I mean, compared to, like, time travel shenanigans or whatever, you know what I mean? So it's, like, if it's, like, a quirk factor thing, you know what I mean, and they both have the same quirk or whatever... So, since the second user is definitely in the vestige space with the same quirk, it makes sense that Bakugo, who now has that quirk, is technically tied to the All Might vestige as well, the same way the second Inheritor was, just through the quirk because factor
1: or whatever. Like, that makes all the sense in the world, for sure. I think, right now. I think. It's, yeah. yeah, especially because, like, even when you give up the quirk, one for all, here you go, yeah. like, you're taking this quirk, I've, I've given you my hair, you ate it. boom quirk is passed on some embers still remain and so like you know the two quirks like his quirk is now part of one for all one for all is part of his quirk so even when he gives one for all up and keeps his quirk there's still going to be embers of one for all left inside of that right quirk factor within his dna and shit right so that totally makes sense as far as why he can see the vestige
0: Yeah. yeah Especially if they're like directly, you know, related, you know what I mean? In some kind of like family tree kind of way, you know what I mean? Because just like you were saying, it's like the second user got one for all their quirks kind of like came together explosion and, you know, the stockpiling or whatever of of one for all or whatever. And that's continually passed down. But But at the end of the day, those quirks are like intertwined together as far as like when the second inheritor received one for all. So then if he has a kid... And then passes this quirk down from kid to kid, and then eventually we get to Bakugo. Bakugo has that same quirk as the second inheritor, which is linked to One For All because of his time with One For All as the second inheritor. Then it makes sense that Bakugo would see the vestige of um, of of one or of uh, of all might in this moment, or whatever, or of One For All. Yeah. Yeah. Man, the
1: only. Sorry. Well, I was just gonna say the only thing that could throw a wrench into it, real quick, is. Quirk, me- quirk, melding over the generations, right? Like the two parents, their quirks come together, and the kid's quirk is usually kind of an amalgamation of that quirk. Oh, sure. And so that's the only thing that could bring it to question, like, okay, over time, has his Bakugo really kept the same quirk? Like, it is—is is it? Are certain quirks like more? dominant Dominant as far as the genetic side of things and they retain their qualities over weaker quirks i was just gonna say like situation there
0: i was just gonna say like you like like punnett square shit you know what i'm saying like this specific quirk is just like that dominant that like it kind of like beats out the other parents quirk from generation to generation kind of like you know if like you have like a widow's peak or something you know in your in your family like if that's a really dominant, you know what I mean, like, thing or whatever, and you'll yeah. see, you know, that that Widow's peak pop up over and over and over again, whereas, like, less dominant things, like, you might, you know, you might not see that trait, you know, from one kid to another or whatever, but, like, some are so dominant that you just consistently see them over and over again as kids are had. So, like, I can definitely yeah. just see it being explained,
1: like, that way. Like, and maybe is, the one-for-all yeah. Embers kind of mess with that as well, you know? Mm-hmm. Kind of right. make it more dominant, or or un uh, un assailable, or unalterable, I guess, by other quirks mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah.
2: The thing that I really liked is like is like what Bakugo is seeing doesn't have to be real. He That's true died, too. That's right? true too. It's a hallucination, or. I do like the, I I didn't even think about the, guy, the second second holder being a red descended baku. Like, did you know that like if you do cocaine and stuff, like it can uh, m- directly modify the proteins in your DNA that can like parts of your pro- proteins in the DNA that are actually like kind of control parts that like are you more or less prone to addiction.
0: Oh sure. And yeah, like
2: yeah. so like if if like drugs and stuff, if like crocodile can change your DNA, if if things like meth and cocaine can change our very DNA. Having a quirk that contains multiple quirks, which is something that no most bodies shouldn't Antake. be able to hold yeah. or like become brain shut down like the no like pre-nomu people. Mm. Like mm that's a massive change to your DNA. And then that guy passing along someone else, he doesn't have that, but that change to his DNA should remain. And like having that passed down, having an affinity, like makes sense that there would be an affinity of people that would recognize whispers or at least be like on like a level of like genetic attunement to a specific frequency. And they're like, that's their, they perceiving the quirk as it manifests a specific frequency yeah, uh, as a form of like, cause energy isn't destroyed. It just changes shape. It's so it might yeah. just not be in a visible scannable thing in like the way the human eye can perceive things or like how machines could currently view things. But if you went like 20 years in the future, you could probably have like a machine that could like somehow like de- pick up the multiple quirk holder personality auras that are like attached to this quirk. Yeah. So I think that there might be something like that. Um
0: I think it's interesting that you brought up the idea that this doesn't have to be real. You know what I mean or whatever. Yeah. He might he might he could just legitimately be hallucinating and that's definitely like a possibility I want to say, but I just don't think you get page 11 immediately after page 10 if it's not, you know, all together. You know what I mean? If it's not absolutely a thing, if it's not like actually happening. Yeah.
2: It, it, it for me, it's like, uh, but what if yeah. devil's advocate throwaway right, right. moment? I'm like, hey, you know, but like, you guys really sold me on this, like, uh, you know, the Katsuki ancestry involving the second holder, and I'm like, I love that, I love that, That's great. Um, and it really binds the whole, like, Bakugo and Deku were not that different all along, that, you know, And then it kind of has this idea of like the ghosts of generations past offer us things and they can support more than one person. They can support all of us by being there, by leading from their example. And then the idea of like in this generation, those who do that fall to the wayside, we can still remember them through their actions, what we want out of them and trying to live in ways that would make we feel would make them proud, which I feel like is what Deku's gonna do when he finds that that Bakugo is dead.
0: Yeah, dude, that shit's gonna be fucking crazy. Like when Deku finally gets here. Yeah, I don't um and 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 the situation is just like weird to me too, because it's like if, if it is a fake out, then like obviously we're gonna depending on how it's executed, we're gonna feel a certain like way about it. You know what I mean? I'm definitely going to give Kohei the benefit of the doubt if if Bakugo does actually survive this. I definitely just want to wait to see what the writing for it says because, like, just just off the top, my, like, non-author, you know, non-professional, you know, comic book creator and storyteller, like, mind is going to go, like, this is bad if it's reversed. You know what I mean? But, like, I'm just going to let the professional, like, give the writing and, like, yeah. see, like, kind of, like, what happens on that. But just, like, right now, if – if I, I think if, it is weird if you give all of this effort to this moment and then reverse it. Just like on paper right now, that feels weird. So like I feel like Kohei would have to commit to the death of Bakugo. Yeah. But then if Bakugo does die right here, that's
1: gonna feel weird too, because it's like why Bakugo? Like why um, like, why? What if this can tie into the one for all thing? What if Bakugo becomes a vestige? I... Inside of One for All. How though? I don't, I don't know. know, he became it he somehow tuned into the Vestige state at the end of this chapter, like, in his death state. Sure. Mm, but, like... And being, being a descendant of the one-for-all quirk with the... I don't know. Yeah, but, like, it's, that
0: descendant is already there in the Vestige space. If so we just add Bakugo for...
1: For what? To be the it impetus would, to maybe feel... the second user actually telling Deku how to use his quirk. Oh, sure. Um, because his I descendant think... just got fucking bodied by all-for-one.
2: Ooh. Yeah. It... The fact that Bakugo dies might be the thing that galvanizes the second holder to like really fill in Deku and say like, hey, you have my explicit permission to use all of my quirks. Because like the reason like second holder, he was like, I'm a person who's willing to die for what I believe in and what I believe is right. But at the same time, he's like, you know, I went to fight a war against an unwinnable force so that my family and their children could, you know, live a good life. And to see, like, the end of his bloodline laying there, that might galvanize him. Was like, okay, I, we need to pull out all the stops. We can't keep kicking this down the road.
0: So then would the kind second the holder be able to, like, like kind of, like, put together, like, well, I guess maybe the second holder already knows about Bakugo then. So, yeah, if Deku pulls up and sees the death of Bakugo, then the second holder could just go... All right, I'm going to give you the keys right now. I don't think I don't think Bakugo has to like manifest in the vestige space in order for no. you know, the second holder to decide to disclose no. how to use, you know, his abilities to Deku. But um but yeah, like that just made me like think like about things that I had never thought about before. Like does the second user even know about Bakugo? Know who Bakugo is, know what his quirk is, and know that he's a descendant of, you know, his bloodline if that's the case? Like how would
1: like what he has he just always known that? because Deku
0: knows who Bakugo is I mean, the vestiges
1: is. saw what was going on at the sports festival right. they've been watching yeah they've been like literally a part of Deku's consciousness that's right. yeah so-, that's right. they are- so they have
0: to know who Bakugo is and and if Bakugo is directly a descendant of the second holder then the second holder's always known that then right or would he probably Maybe. based on seeing his quirk yeah on seeing his if quirk. it is
1: still the same quirk
0: if it is still the same quirk uh yeah. Dan this is a lot to think about um Wow. But yeah, no, Bakugo looks dead as fuck here, man. He's got like the fucking, like, lifeless, open eye expression with the blood, you know, like pouring out. His heart looks like it was literally exploded. You know what I mean? Like, I. And it's crazy how, like, you get page 12 and then you see the heart take the damage at the bottom of page 12, then you turn the page and you see everyone trying to get there you know what I mean, to stop the damage. You got Mirio coming out of the ground, you got Nejire behind the legs, you got Tamaki up top, but then also Mirko made it here. So it's like even like that situation where it's like everyone who's on the scene right now can't react, but then the person from outside of the scene comes in and saves the day last second, that whole trope, like even they're even trying to do that and Shikaraki is still just blitzing through all of that to actually Mm -hmm. get to Bakugo and it's just like, damn, you know what I mean? Like I could totally have seen the scene like, is like I'm not gonna make it in time Tamaki's like I'm not gonna make it in time Mirio's like oh my god I'm just barely there but not able to make it in time and then Mirko out of nowhere like I made it in time you know what I mean like I can see that scene happening but Kohei was just like nope even though there was an external character that came in from out of nowhere to try to stop this like we're used to seeing in shonen stories I'm still too much of a fucking force of nature and blitzed through even that attempt and got mm. to Bakugo and it's like damn Yes, um, motherfucker.
2: <laughs> I just, I just feel like it's more of like the idea, like this is the end of Bakugo's character arc, right? Arrogance, the fact that he's fighting someone who calls him an extra, when in the very first episode he calls everyone else extras. Yeah. Basically, Bakugo is like, if you had given all for one to a kid, and eventually he could have become an arrogant, egomaniacal tyrant. Like, all for one, but because of circumstances, ended up becoming, like, the most humble of his peers, and, like, admiring the parts that he became. It's like, hey, man, you're fighting through the pain. I'm literally exploding myself to project myself around the area, like uh, like a tin can getting shot up to never touch the ground, right? That's excruciating, like... And so I like that he's like, you know what, I respect Bak- like Deku because of, like, I'm reduced. Like, when the chips are down, when I have nothing left, when my full power and, like, all these other things have been not... What do I rely on? The same stuff I made fun of another guy for. And, mm. like, not so different after all. Once he dies, then it's the idea of, like, he became really close in spirit with Deku, and then Deku basically becomes the avatar through the second holder's quirk for Bakugos, or, like, the proto-Bakugo quirk um that the second holder has, and, like, acts as, a, like, a person, a vehicle to carry on the legacy of his peers, and, the, like, the previous holders, as well as his hero, right? It's the idea that, like, he is... A collection of memories and legacies, regardless of how small we are. And I mean, Mm. that's that's just like us as a society
4: limping on through the ages.
0: Sure. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know how I'm gonna feel if Bakugo really is dead, and I don't know how I'm gonna feel if Bakugo lives. It just like it's just like if you, there's got to be like a like a crazier narrative purpose for Bakugo's death if Kohei really does commit to it. Beyond just, you know, stakes and activating Deku's, like, maximum rage, anger, damage Mm. output against Shigaraki in response to seeing, you know, a close friend dead in front of him or whatever. I feel like you could have killed any other character besides literally the Deuteragonist in order to get that effect you know what I mean? Like,
2: I appreciate that they are willing to kill the Deuteragon it's
0: crazy, it's crazy but I, it's just, really like, I need to just see the that. writing for it because it just feels so like, it just doesn't feel right and maybe it's not supposed to, maybe it's supposed to leave a bad taste in your mouth, maybe you're supposed to be frustrated maybe you're supposed to be angry mm-hmm. maybe this is Kohei going, like, this was always in the cards and, 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 and I want you guys to feel conflicted about it etc, cetera, etc, cetera. but at the end of the day, it's just like, man why Bakugo? Not just because I don't want Bakugo to die, but, like, just because it just doesn't feel right. I don't know exactly how to articulate my thoughts on it properly, but it does not feel correct. <laughs>
2: Is it the idea that, like, war doesn't make distinctions on sure. who's special or loved? Yeah, for sure. Or something like and that? I'm all
0: And I'm all for that. Like, I'm with mm-hmm. that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just saying, like, I have to see the writing for it for it to feel good. Because right now, yeah. either way, it just feels so awkward and clunky.
2: I need to let it pan out. <clears throat> yeah, because, for sure. Because, like... I I'm I have a lot of trust for Horikoshi, and I feel like they play with a lot of expectations. We've seen death bait and switches. Even, like, with, like, my run on this show, we've... We, I mean, we hated that Black Clover, early Spade War, like, all these fake-out deaths. And we're just like, come on, like... Yeah. Commit to the bit. So I want to see... How Horikoshi's handles that and then at the same time if he does somehow do a backpedal or like a last minute recovery or even an epilogue of like the idea that Bakugo can live but he cannot really use his quirk without killing himself and effectively becomes a quirkless member of society and has to live on and survive like I saved the day I helped the thing I was a true hero and in the end I live my life humbly as the very thing that I made fun of as a child and as in matu- in his new found maturity has come to accept that without you know with grace
0: yeah yeah and it's definitely not just you know as black and white as you know if he lives it's trash if he dies it's trash i definitely don't want to um you know throw that idea out you know as as my own or whatever I I, it's just something that like it can't be that black and white like we just have to see the writing Mm -hmm. for it you know what I mean because that at least to me right now like on the surface level like that definitely does feel like kind of like how like my stance on it you know what I mean because I like I Mm -hmm. feel like I'm gonna be mad if he lives I'm gonna be mad if he dies because I just can't possibly fathom the writing that would justify it at this moment but at the end of the day i'm not a professional author so you you literally just have to see what happens and um and see how it's executed see what the writing is for it and that's like where i'm at i guess right now
3: i mm, man Mm.
2: because i don't like dealing in absolutes right like Only Sith and Twitter deal in absolutes. Yeah, so like, and like I've been wrong dozens of times. So many before, times. So, so many and, times. Like, so many times. Yeah, and like, it's all, I, and it's I'm, most I'm of more the time wrong that I'm right. Uh,
0: yeah, and that's like the best part of it is because like, mm-hmm. you know, you 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 think you have it so figured out the logic in one way or another. And then they come through and show just why they are, you know, the esteemed writers that they are by being able to subvert expectations in ways that you weren't expecting before, especially when you think you only have two options. And when thinking about those two options, you don't feel good either way. So you're like, there's no way that they can fix this. There's no way that this can feel good. And we always say that. And then these writers pull up and then write the shit. And we're like, oh, man that's so cool yeah. i was wrong and It's so much better than what i was expecting like that happens often enough to where it's like even though it feels weird right now you kind of just have to let especially a writer like kohei cook you know because they at least me personally haven't let me down too many times before so
2: mm-hmm. it makes me think about how as a media consumer I'm always thrilled when an author takes me to a place where I'm like I can't think of a way forward, yeah. and they show me the like the unseen path, and it's just like it always feels like a little revelatory, yeah. and I'm like wow that that hits, yeah. or and like at the same time like sometimes it doesn't hit, yeah. but you know what I appreciate the chutzpah to like really try
0: absolutely i wonder uh, how well the trader stuff was handled when everyone was positive that that was going to be buns no matter what like just Mm. gives me all the faith in the world that kohei will write the shit out of this no matter what happens to bakugo but yeah go ahead eagle
1: i just i don't know why this just popped into my head but i wonder how people i wonder how people would react if um if, if horikoshi was like yeah bakugo passed the quirk singularity and he just grows a new heart on some Shigaraki shit.
0: Oh Jesus! I don't even know. Like I don't even know how that even comes close to making sense right now. <laughs> like that—that's literally what happened with Shigaraki. So that's why? That's yeah. why what's going on is going on. Yeah. Break it down. Explain it again for
1: me entirely, like the whole situation or whatever. The thing is that Shigaraki has supposedly now, all for one has supposedly now qu- passed the quirk singularity and accessed this inevitability inside of the human body because of the quirks getting harder and harder to handle for them where they adapt in this way that we are seeing from Shigaraki's body right now. That's the justification behind why his body's doing what he's doing from the author. Oh, sure. And but so I just don't like, know how
0: that translates to Bakugo from explosion to regeneration. Just seems like a crazy... Just way. that he
1: awakened his quirk. So all the, way, the quirk all singularity of- And his quirk has been noted as one that is one that's hard for the bodies to handle. Oh, okay. One of the main quirks behind the quirk singularity theory or one of the main types of quirks behind that quirk singularity
0: So is it basically saying like, if your quirk is naturally, you know, has a caveat that puts like a physical strain on your body that reaching the quirk singularity will allow your body to immediately like evolve and adapt to that detriment and allow it to have a secondary function that regenerates the damaged parts from the overuse of your quirk?
1: The dialogue that we got from Shigaraki is that this, the, his body now was the inevitability of the Quirk Singularity, and Quirks evolving more and more.
3: Yeah, I,
0: I, and that's like that sounds like cooler. I just don't like. I can't. I, I personally cannot like
1: piece together the logic for it though. Like I don't know. That's why I've been bugging this whole fucking time on the
0: Shigaraki. Uh,
2: it makes cause, like cause they I say the he's like one. the inevitability, yeah. but like. Didn't Garaki and AFO really accelerate the process, it, like in a very purposeful manner by like reconstituting and rebuilding Shigaraki's body in a test tube and all that stuff? So like, I I, I don't well, no, like I see was that stuff. he would
1: become the perfect vessel for One For All. I like the that idea. that test tube thing was the transference of One For All into Shigaraki i like the the, um i like the idea that like if your quirk harms
0: you that you know over time you could reach a state to where your body kind of adapts to that and protects the parts of itself that your quirk would harm you know what i mean like that sounds like cool as like an evolution of like your quirk body relationship or whatever but like explosion arming the parts of the body that are close to the explosion or whatever from the strain of the sweat glands you know being like overused or whatever i can see his body adapting in a way to where that doesn't hurt as much anymore but like full-scale organ regeneration just sounds like way too crazy of a leap even with that concept
1: and wow. it's like and his
0: quirk didn't even do I that. i would argue him. that
1: fucking what we're seeing from shigaraki is pretty fucking crazy lately. right but shigaraki is like a crazy fucking biopunk like body She's horror like character a nomu. yeah like that's like that's like a
0: like layered in a bunch of like crazy you know logical like you know it's situations. rooted in the same concept though. right but like the like <laughs> like bakugo
1: but the ground is works.
0: not this body horror character, you know what I mean? Like that, like it, like that just doesn't like I can't even fathom like explosion to regeneration to the degree that like it makes way more sense for a character like Shigaraki because he's a fucking like mad scientist experiment at the end of the day. And like I know yeah. that it's like bringing it back to like his quirk being the reason for like all of this or whatever, but like it that just seems so messy to apply that to Bakugo.
2: It feels like maybe that Quirk Singularity, like, physical resistance... Because he's basically blast-proof. Like, if he was exploding, and, like, why is his skin still on? Right. he's exploding from his skin. So I feel like the adaptation to his Quirk physically has already been achieved. But I feel like even Quirk Singularity is not going to save him from character death. Because, like a firecracker explosion, you know, he burns twice as bright... But dies quite half, twice as fast, um, cool. And it's like, you know what?
0: plus the damage it, he took isn't even from his own quirk anyway. it's like from, yeah, a, he from an enemy from,
1: uh, Spike to the heart I mean the poison that Shigaraki's shoulder puked out wasn't from his quirk. Oh:
2: yeah, but like that's all, of course, on Shigaraki's body. Like the only way I could see like a huge stretch is that if like because Shigaraki regenerated so much like mass. Or, like, produced so much mass, right? Um, because he's not healing. But he produced so much mass that he's got, like, volatile cells, and then by shoving his fist into Bakugo's chest, possibly leaving fragments that scrape off from, like, broken ribs or something like that, maybe he has, like, something that's rapidly healing, but, like, it, it, I can't imagine a cancer cell generating, like, viable like, a cancer-type character developing, like, a viable organ. I
1: just feel like he's dead. Um, I mean, I definitely feel like he could be dead. I was just posing the question, I wonder how people mm. would react if he applied this perk singularity thing to this situation. That'd
0: be a crazy jump to me. I don't know, I'd have to see how he did it, but just, like, thinking about it right now, it's, like, my fucking, like, ears are, like, steaming, like, going fucking getting the the hakaware explained to him by Knuckle. I just, like, can't, like, wrap my mind around, like, how that would make sense or feel good at all. I would have to just mm-hmm. see the writing for it. Does that sound That's cool? how I
1: felt about this Shigaraki shit the whole time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. To be honest I, with
1: you. I feel like And we've seen more and more of stuff the stuff writings. Stuff. And yeah. I'm just like I'm still feeling very off put by the situation. I mean I said it at the beginning of the chapter. Just the fact that weird. it's like a like Shigaraki it feels a little bit better for me.
0: And maybe I just don't have a proper understanding of the quirk singularity stuff, but just like regeneration and like durability and like, you know, um toxin um ejection from the body just like naturally like that all makes sense for like a body horror like biopunk character you know what i mean like even without the quirk singularity explanation like shigaraki's body is just like a crazy mad scientist lab experiment so like i can suspend you know disbelief enough for shigaraki as a character going through this like weird regeneration stuff but bakugo is like too is like not that complex as far as like physiology goes right so i just like can't like that, that
1: leap is just like too great for me, at least right now. But mm-hmm. either way, wild yeah. shit. Yeah, I just thought it was weird the whole time, <clears throat> especially like that time with the poison, like we talked about. Literally gets hit with the poison. And he's like, <gasps> yeah. And then his fucking shoulder's like, Bleh, And he's just like, yeah. haha, my yeah. body continues to adapt.
0: Yeah, which feels better in a body horror okay. character than it does in a character mm, like Bot. I know. I don't.
1: I don't think it necessarily (laughs) feels good in any situation. Yeah,
0: you know, you don't have to Um, or whatever, but I'm just saying, like, the fact that like, we are already making the point that this is, like, a wildly complicated and, like, fucking malleable Mm -hmm. body. It's, like, taking in poison and having the body spit it out, like, doesn't sound too crazy for a character like Shigaraki, in my opinion,
1: but like, Bakugo specifically is... Not normally, but, like, when he can't use any quirks, and it's just chalked up to a the quirk singularity um, Oh, adaptation. yeah, because all of his it's quirks are shut off. Quirks. Oh, yeah, cause
0: heteromorph- heteromorphic. Because, like,
2: Eraserhead can't erase heteromorphic
0: quirks. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, so if they, and if he is this, like, famous bowl of quirks, or whatever, like, it a no
1: what? It wasn't what? It wasn't explained that way. Heteromorphs? But, I mean, I, Yeah, it was. It wasn't explained in a way where it was like, this is... Oh, they he didn't use, properties. yeah, they didn't use like, that. This in is the... my body adapting because of the quirk singularity. Right, right, right. That's what right. Shigaraki said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah. I remember correctly, comment section, let me know if I'm wrong. Yeah, but that
0: would wrong. that would be a good um way to explain it, though. You know what I mean? Like, if he has all of these, like, activated ability quirks that are being shut off by erasure, but we already know in the writing that heteromorph abilities are not affected by erasure, then if they tie this situation back to a heteromorphic factor, which makes sense to me, at least just in my memory, then, like, that can make it feel better. Um, yeah. But like, I with, wonder... without, like, hard dialogue specifically saying, like, I'm a heteromorph, so, like, my heteromorph quirks that aren't being erased right now are helping me deal with this poison or helping me deal with, like, whatever, yeah. then, like, that is one thing. But I don't think we got
1: that. You're right. So I don't know. Either and way. I don't even know, now that you mentioned that, if we ever even got, like... Any heteromorphic quirks like from Alpha One, because those change your body permanently, and he looks like a normal ass dude.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. And so right. does
1: Shigaraki. Yeah. Like, there was never any heteromorphic change to their body. Um, so, like, was, like, would muscular does, would does muscular, he take any hetero, heteromorphic quirks? Would be able would, to be stopped? Would like, muscular be be a
0: victim a to? Yeah, would is muscular a heteromorph? Hold on one second, let me see. Yeah, no, he's be.
1: a he's a he's a. um like a muscle augmentation like he, he stated like at the time he thought his quirk was just a better version of Deku's. who's like it's a strength augmentation kind of active active ability because when he doesn't activate the muscular effect he he'll look like a regular dude but then he turns up denses the muscle fibers on his ass to where they fucking explode out of his skin yeah so he does all that actively okay and that uh, does make sense. Know. That does make sense. I'm
0: just I'd have the wiki pulled up right now. I'm just like trying to see. It's if hard it to says say anything because... about that.
2: It's hard to say because like I feel like All For One would have collected enough heteromorphic quirks that he can like has just a really solid body plus the the, the singularity and volatility induced Ooh, by that. Oh, and and it's and a little more cool. on the fly stuff. Because we saw him do like the, like, bone screws when he was fighting All Might and stuff, so, like, that's a, gotta be a heteromorphic quirk.
1: I think that's, I think that's not necessarily, like, that's fucking, um... But then
2: what would qualify, because I feel like, like some me, to me, heteromorphic is tied to the body, like, the physical body. Yeah, heteromorphic like... is like
1: Tokoyami fucking Asui. Like, it's literally changing their physical form, but at the same time, somebody didn't think about he doesn't even. he can literally just kind of put him in the re, in the repertoire and he's definitely given heteromorphic quirks to some of the Nomu that we've seen with like wings and shit. yeah so yeah, I'm bugging he about that. Is should have.: Is toko Yami
0: like okay, because no, because dark shadow can be turned off by erasure. but yeah Toko Yami has a bird face. but he does have so that part of his character design would be heteromorphic, but, but Toko Yami's like dark shadow, I think is an activated thing. That can be stopped by erasure, yeah. I wanna say. But Asui, yes, Asui is absolutely 100% heteromorphic for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But as far and, as Toko uh, Lani's quirk, though, that is, and right? Shoji, yep, and Shoji. And obviously, <clears throat> Kota has a, has a heteromorph design as well. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: or Kota. But again, Asui. yeah, anyway. Now that I think of it, like, All for One, you know, can definitely probably just store them and not have them applied to his body. Right. Right. Because, like, for, from some of the Noma that we've seen, we've definitely seen him, like, give heteromorphic quirks out. Yeah. Because um, they've had, like, wings and shit, you know? Yeah. Which mm-hmm. is a heteromorphic property.
0: Yeah, for sure. This shit is, like, this is, like, frying my shit, bro. I, I don't remember the last time I was, like, this, like, overwhelmed by um My Hero Academia's conversations, like, conceptually. I'm just, like, so, like, bzz,
1: like, I don't even know. Yeah, I mean, at yet. the end of the day... The, the go point was just kind of arbitrary and, sure. and more, more of a jab at fucking people defending the shit out of this fucking whatever. But anyways, okay, we can move on. Okay.
4: Take it to Twitter. Uh, yeah, I love yeah. how
1: desperate
0: um, and scared and worried uh, yeah. Best Genist is on like 14 mm-hmm. into 15. Like his facial expression is just like insane. Like he looks like he's just seen a ghost the entire time and i don't remember truly like, frantic yeah he like yeah truly frantic and frightened and like holy shit like i don't think i've ever seen an expression like this on on uh best genus before and it's just like really well delivered like you can really feel what he feels in his yeah. in his panels
1: Mirio too really yeah. all of them yeah all of them Monoma. Yeah.
0: never seen mirio look like that yeah that looks crazy at least no he remember. looked like that against shisaki We've oh maybe he, like that yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe he did one time when he turned whole... up against shisaki yeah i think he did i think he did
2: man uh i want to shout out to kippen from the special grade co- podcast
0: Ooh, okay. uh
2: channel um
0: special grade they were, chat yeah, or special, special Grade, grade, grade tier support yeah. on the patreon Yeah, yes. exactly
2: so they were mentioning um on page 14, they were talking about, We've had clear skies over Kansai, Chubu, and Kansai regions, but according to volunteer weather report, a sudden and drastic rise in temperatures, disrupting the weather patterns. They theorized that it is Dobby, that Uh-oh. That massive spike of heat... Is not a weather-based phenomena because Dobby wasn't dead, and there was that soft, glowing moat in his chest when they were t- being taken away. Yeah, I like, to like that, symbolize the idea that the cinders are still smoldering, or something like that.
0: That's really cool because, like, it'd be very easy for you know <clears throat> us to just attribute this narration um, to. Like, I don't know, the plasma cannon or Mm. Bakugo since he has, you know, a heat and explosion based quirk or whatever. So that would be cool as like a little mini like red herring and foreshadowing build up to the reintroduction of Dabi. I think that that would be tight Um, because it's like, man, that would just mean that like looking back on it, it's like even in this dire situation where all focus is on Bakugo, Kohei is like building the seeds of like the next threat in the meantime outside of the scene. And that's just like holy shit to be able to like look back at and be like, damn, like, the the danger was just always constant and rolling in no matter what happened. And even when one drastic, you know, dreadful thing is is happening, another one is being built up alongside of it. That just like, yeah, that makes that makes the tension like that much higher to think about it that mm-hmm. way.
1: Yeah. Horanko, she's got the chops to do it too. Yeah, wowzers. Wowzers. I wonder if it could have been the plasma because he did shoot right through a cloud, and that mm-hmm. cloud that he shoots through kind of does look like this cloud. That's there. definitely like
0: what I like. Like when I saw the line of dialogue about like the rise in temperature or whatever, like I immediately like just attributed it to Tamaki or Bakugo or a combination of them both. But um, that being like a subtle like build up to the reintroduction of Dobby would be crazy too, for sure. I, but, think I mean,
1: I'll... he does rise. Yeah, and there was a lot of fucking heat between Dobby's fire. Like, there's a lot of fucking heat going around between explosions from Bakugo, Dabi and Todoroki's fire in their fight, yeah. Endeavor's fire in his fight with All for One. Yep, yep. There's a lot of, like, really, really immense heat getting put into the atmosphere that wasn't there before from yeah. these quirks. For sure. And we've seen, like, prominence burn. Yeah. That shit's going, f- like, that shit's OD. Yeah, That's putting sure. a lot of heat in the air. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, there could be some credence to that as well. I'd like that. I think that would be really cool if Dobby comes back
0: into the equation. Maybe not, like, as a fighter, but, like, as, like, some kind of, like a ca- cataclysmic event. Yeah, that, like, drastically shifts things in a in a dreadful direction. Yeah, I think that that would be crazy. Yep.
1: I think but that's I was, about all I had for my hero this I, week. I was just going to say I think I'm good, too. <laughs> I am tapped. All right. Well, with that, I think we can go ahead and get right into the final chapter of the night. The piece de stalls Chapter ten fifty six of cross guild. And uh, a chapter. <laughs> what a fucking chapter! And we get this. First of all, let's start off with the fucking cover story. Because yeah. what, yeah. yo kata curry and oven arrived brothers no way they're getting out of this yeah like they're how, fucked. yeah they're done they're done <laughs> yo I, kata curry literally washed ETG at the wedding yeah no problem like literally fucked him up easily
0: yeah someone so, like, someone's got to pull up and, and, and interrupt it but who doesn't even make I, sense ooh, yeah yeah I, that is, I just like thought like i was like the i was like they can't take him, so someone's got to help them and then i like instantly thought like no one can fucking pull up and help them
1: right now just, i was gonna say so like who's cool. pulling up where katakuri is not gonna be like yeah oh yeah. you pulled up huh right you're
3: nah! like yeah.
1: yo multi fucking bean bullet bitch like yo Yeah,
0: it's wild that katakuri is 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 here right now with oven against them because it's like dude like they have to just lose now right like they can't fight katakuri <laughs> <laughs> and I like I was like expected like I was expecting Katakuri Curry to be in like a body cast or some shit or whatever. Like, <laughs> I <don't know> how. <laughs> this motherfucker looks like first introduction clean. Like, nah, bro, just... it's
1: been like a it's been like a, it's been a couple weeks now, right?
0: Oh, I guess it has actually it's been had. a week or well, two. Well, now. how do we know how much time is like immediately passed in whole cake? Like, is this like? following the same timeline as, like, how much time has passed in Wano in the main story. I thought this was just, like, a direct continuation from uh, when we left them in Whole Cake Island. Yeah, we don't,
1: we don't know exactly how this juxtaposes to the main timeline. Right? Yeah, or so
0: right? it's like, I don't know if this is, like, I want to assume that this is just, like, the direct continuation from Whole Cake Island because, like, isn't that where the Germa 66 cover story storytelling kind of started? is like i
1: feel like the cover stories kind of run concurrently with the storyline don't they because that's kind of the that would in my mind be the you know idealistic point of it is that like now you get a peek into like what's happening in these other you know and they can do that that i want to say along the same line
0: i can i want to say that they can do that but i want to say that all of the cover stories don't have to do that right but um but like for this one specifically i'd have to go back and look at the cover pages like back to back to back or whatever and just put them in sequence or whatever because, like, if it really is running concurrent to the main story's timeline, then I wonder how, like, where we fill in the gaps of, like, Luffy's, like, couple-week training in Udon in comparison Uh, to, you know, the events of the the cover page stories because it's, like, I don't know. It feels like this is just a direct continuation of where we left off the German in Whole Cake Island,
1: so... This is only the 15th volume of this. Yeah. So 15 chapters ago, 16 chapters ago, that was already like... That's like mid-Kaido fight. That's Pat. That's Roof Peace and then some, you know what I'm saying? And there's been hella, you know... So that's there. after the two-week training. So I think the timeline could still be... Could still fit, is yeah. my point. And there's
0: been a bunch of, um, you know uh non-cover story chapters too like where we get like a color spread or where we get like a a fan you know um drawing or whatever that like oda took a fan idea and then drew it or whatever we get a bunch of those too so i don't know it's it's, it's hard to say yeah i feel like it's been a while since we've seen the what the germa were up to on the cover pages in the like like,
1: when was the last time we got a week or two for sure yeah a chapter or two for sure maybe yeah. But, like, now that you mention that fucking uh, fam request, man, I feel like he hasn't done one of those in a while. Mm. Where's Notice Skywalker at, bro?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: That's the one who always got the fucking thing. He would, yeah. it would literally be like, Notice Skywalker submitted this.
0: Okay. Oda so liked his submissions. The last time, okay, so 50, 52, oh, no, it, we've been seeing
1: 50,
0: yeah, volume four, okay. So the last one was chapter 1052. And we're on ten fifty six, so it's been four chapters since we've seen what the germer were up to. And in volume fourteen, it was the scientists who failed to escape, with Caesar standing right there as Reju and Ichichi or something are like walking into this room that they inevitably encounter. Oven in, and a curry in in this chapter cover.
1: So that was actually the theory that someone had presented in the in the live chat. And my reaction is that uh, people are kind of speculating maybe Caesar kind of just like sucks the oxygen out of the room and knocks oven and katakuri out via that method and then they're all kinda able to, you know, Scooby Doo it out of there.
0: Yeah, nah, for sure, because like that technique is pretty broken actually. That's right. You could just stop the air. <laughs> that's how I mean like that's how he kinda like no diffed, you know, Luffy, Luffy the in, first time. The man. first time. Yeah. So it's like if it can happen to Luffy post time skip that easily then like it seems like pretty universally broken across the cast <laughs> so i could definitely see katakuri and oven falling victim to that and then but that would mean that all of the fucking um germa would pass out too and then what caesar picks him up and saves him and brings him somewhere for his own reason why would he do that why would he well, even help them
1: because he's fucking stuck on whole cake right?
0: oh yeah yeah, yeah, he's yeah,
1: like, yeah. he's like how the fuck am i yeah, get out of here trying to
0: get the fuck out of here yeah that, that makes sense
1: and I mean, maybe they're, um, I don't know, like Reiju, she deals in poison and shit like that. I don't know that she even passes up Well, it's fucking lack of oxygen. Yeah, lack of oxygen is fucking... a little bit different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's just straight no air to breathe, bruh. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like we've spent enough time on the cover. For chart. sure, for
0: sure, for sure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> How do y'all feel about the chapter? I loved it.
0: I loved it, and and like I was saying the last time that we reviewed One Piece, like it's these like post you know arc world building chapters that just hit the hardest for me, you know especially since it's been so long since we've gotten you know a string of chapters like these, it's like everything is just firing on all cylinders though, like the crazy reveal that we get towards the end, um is wild, <laughs> and it's like man, like what a situation, it's like I almost forgot that things like this could go down in One Piece because we've been in Wano for so long. But, like, this is what Oda cooks up in the meantime while the arc is happening. And it's, like, a part of what makes the world feel so real is the news coup chapters that show how everyone reacts to the new information and what other people are doing. And yep. it's this chapter's got that in spades. Because Buggy is wiling out here.
1: Buggy <laughs> is making huge fucking moves, bro. bro and am. that's, like, really all I feel we can chalk it up to because be like people are like yeah hey, i can thank you crack it down under buggy like no it's obviously a situation where like they know he's a fucking scrub yeah but, like they're they they're understand that he still within. has
0: his own position that is you know valuable at the at the same time like he doesn't have to yep. be a strong commander buggy He just has to have like resources and value that they can you know take advantage of or cooperate with for their own reasons you know what i mean it doesn't have to be a hierarchical like buggy's the leader and crocodile and mihawk like are subservient to him like no it's just no. a mutual agreement that they're all benefiting from <laughs>
1: yeah yeah and it's um, like i think cross guild is is the more indicative of that as well like it does have buggy branded on it but like yeah. it speaks to me more so as like a Luffy and law type situation where it's right. suggest, like it's an alliance of powers that respect one another but also you know are not dependent on one another right I'll sure. well, go ahead.
3: What are you going to say?
4: Oh, uh I was just thinking about how
2: it's normal for like, Buggy is kind of like the ringmaster. He's going to be kind of the organizer. And so he's like, yeah, he's the face of the circus but the main attractions, the real headliners, are Crocodile and Mihawk. Nice. And that's just kind of the vibe that I pick up from that. Um I love that they're turning things back on the Navy And, like, becoming their own, like, unsubservient wild card force. Kind of balance up this whole, like, Navy versus New Age pirates. Yeah. Kind of, like, the difference between, like, all these strong powers. Because, like, all these pirates have suffered a lot of losses. But, like, the Navy hasn't suffered any. And I like that they are there to, like, act as, like, a equalizing factor within the grand chessboard that's evolving. Plus they have
0: to keep feeding the, you know, failing upwards, accidental celebrity comedy aspect of Buggy's progression as a character in the world of One Piece. You know what I mean because it's like we knew Absolutely. that Buggy was a joke but he still got like all of those Impel Down prisoners rallied around his cause because they think that he's tighter than he actually is and you have to keep like that joke going and what better way than to spread a fucking newspaper around that says that Crocodile and fucking Mihawk are working for Buggy so it just like works for like so many purposes and reasons
2: Buggy's real power is public relations <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the part that I really wanted to focus on, this on, for just a moment, was on page nine. Caribou was talking about like Pluton's and Wato. First Poseidon. Now this, I got to tell let a certain someone know about this. Mm-hmm. And that kind of answers the question that I was wondering about was. When they released the newspapers, they had a picture of Luffy in his Nika Nika form from, like, the big spread. And I was wondering, like, who the fuck took that picture Hmm. from that angle? And Caribou is, A, muddy, so he can't, like, get hurt by a lot of things. But also, he can hide stuff in his body. Mm. So, like, having film or a camera wouldn't be out of the way. And, like doesn't he just kind of, like, fit that kind of archetype of, like, skeezy, you know... uh,
0: Yeah, he's like a Randall from Recess.
2: Yeah, like a scuzzy little greasy journalist, like, tabloid journalist vibe from him. So, like, part of me is like, "Eh, you know, maybe there's something to that.
0: You
1: also have... I personally... Yep. I I was just gonna... I was personally, like, really, really interested about this line because, like, he literally said this exact same line in Fishman Island, Poseidon is in fucking Fishman Island. Dara, I gotta let a certain someone know about this. Oh wow! And we all assumed at that time that it was Kaido. Yeah, but okay. I shouldn't say we all, but a lot of people in the community, from from my you know experience and, and what I saw yeah. at that time, were sold on that it was Kaido. I completely forgot about that, or don't. Yeah, I
0: don't remember like none of that. That's crazy that we got this so exact same moment Who the fuck is he get... really been
1: working for? This. Yeah, time. I had
0: no idea. That's crazy. I was just gonna say to to Mello's point about like who took the picture of Luffy in his Nika form. Um, you still well, have his like... Navy
1: photographers are out here.
0: Oh yeah, but like, I guess it. Free writer Abusa or whatever, you know what I mean. The one that like, like you know, the one who's like we all thought was, uh, Absalom or whatever, um, invisibility like devil fruit or whatever. But we know that that's not a thing anymore because he got hemmed up by Blackbeard and they gave it to Shiryu or whatever. Or actually, I don't. I think that's just a theory that they gave it to Shiryu. But we know that Absalom got his quirk taken by Blackbeard, right? Like we know that yep. for sure. Yeah. I was just
1: trying to think of who else it could possibly be. But. I feel like we actually got. A line of dialogue stating that it was the fucking CP0 guy that took the picture. Oh, sure. Okay, well, there you go.
3: Mm, Mmm. From, like,
1: the... From, like, the fucking... Gorosei slash Morgans. Ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Well, I don't know. I'm kind of holding that.
1: I want to see because,
2: like, I wonder what his actual... What is Caribou's, like, plot
1: relevance? Yeah, especially now yeah, that, that we know that it's going so all the way back
0: to Fishman Island where he's saying the same exact shit. So we know that that's going to be like one hell of a reveal whenever we get that. I had no idea that this was a repeat panel or moment for Caribou. Like if Oda is planting seeds like that, you know, hundreds of chapters apart, then like we know that that's going to be major whenever we find out just who that certain someone is. I thought this was the first time that we were seeing that. So I was like a lot I of, wonder who that could be and like I didn't think it was as deep as he's been telling a certain someone of this information for 300 400 chapters yeah. or whatever like that's crazy
1: yeah like so, so a lot of people now think it's Blackbeard possibly mm. and so it's like wow like okay so now Blackbeard knows where fucking Poseidon is and he's about to get the location of Pluton as well that's fucking insane. Did Blackbeard go to fucking steal Shirohoshi? Hmm. Was that his motivation why he left? Because uh, the last thing we got from Blackbeard was like, oh yeah, let's go uh let's go seize it while everybody's not fucking paying attention. Basically. Yeah, I thought he was
0: talking about Big Mom's poneglyph personally. When he said that. But he's mm, like I mean, he's got I don't know. Yeah. That that's just like what I like. Uh, initially assumed he was talking. I was like, well, okay. Big Mom, on her way to Wano, chasing these motherfuckers over here. Katakuri just got packed up. Road Poneglyph is, like, butt naked over there. Blackbeard could be, like, using this moment to capitalize on that. But if Caribou is, you know, um, reporting back to him about the ancient weapons, then it makes just as... if, If that is confirmed, then it makes just as much sense for you know, Blackbeard to then start trying to go take the ancient weapons and maybe he did stop at Fishman Island to grab Shirohosh. But wouldn't we know that um as of the reverie? Because wasn't uh, Ryugu, King Ryugu or whatever the fuck his name, wasn't he there at the reverie? Yeah, but... I guess it could have happened just after he left to go to I the think reverie.
1: it was as the reverie was starting in Shin, as Wano was starting, that Blackbeard said
0: that. Oh, sure. Okay. Then, yeah. So
1: it might have even been yeah. post reverie because reverie and Wano, Wano started after the reverie was over. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. But I definitely uh, I could be misremembering. I could the have sworn that we really I could agree. have
0: sworn that we got reverie chapters as like a break from Rano, Wano in between acts, but hmm. but I don't know. I'm, I'm not remembering. I think it just you might actually be right
1: about that. Act one and two. I think the reverie was in between.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 either how that I'm or it was in
1: between. It. um whole cake and
0: water. yeah something like that someone will let us know in the comments for sure um but yeah if he's talking about if he's talking about blackbeard i could definitely see blackbeard you know in the in the confusion of everything and in like you know the event of the reverie where you know attention is divided and and you know superpowers are all you know coming together in one spot away from their home bases i can definitely see um you know blackbeard capitalizing on that in like a backdoor kind of way to go get Shirohoshi.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you know, as, as per caribou's uh snitching or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, um yeah. yeah, crazy shit to think about, holy moly. But um, yeah. So Carriage is going to be the new uh Duke or whatever of uh or the, the, the queen ruler of Zoe while Neko and Inua Rashi stay back on Wano. That's yeah. cool. That's really but cool. That is pretty tight. Yeah.
2: I think I think it's interesting that because like 'cause like they had the two kings, a day and night, and, like, king of day and king of night, mm-hmm. because of, like, how animals are, like, nocturnal, diurnal. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's cool, awesome, but, like, are they just saying, like, Carrot, you're fine. You don't need to sleep. You can just take care of the whole 24-7. Oh. <laughs>
0: you're fine. Yeah, I guess, um... Yeah, I don't know if... I don't know if a king or each... Half of the day w- was even really all like that. Like, sure, it makes sense for you know, cat and dog, you know, to operate on you know, different halves of the day or whatever, but it was also a part of their rivalry, too, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, I think the main yeah. thing, the main impetus for it was the fact that they literally hated each other and never wanted to see each other or be around one another.
0: Yeah, yeah if they yeah.
1: were, they would instantly start scrapping.
0: Yeah, so I don't think, um, I don't think someone being you know, on alert. At, at every moment of the day is necessary for a king of the Mokomo Dukedom. I think mm. that, um yeah, I think that was just, that was just a, inside of the in place. Yeah, that was just the dynamic in place because of their rivalry, but
2: just something symbolic. Okay, yeah, for similar.
0: sure, for sure. Um, yeah.
2: Okay. I do what do you guys think of the the whole them being the king?
1: I think their reasoning makes sense to me as far as yeah. I can tell. Yeah. I really like their reasoning on it, you know, her, you know, she's like oh there are other people way stronger than me and they're yeah like obviously we're still going to be here helping you holding this down but you've experienced the world you've seen you know the other aspects of it more so than anybody else being that you have traveled with luffy for this time yeah
0: so you can come back and you have Pedro's spirit
1: and will inside of you yeah yeah and so Uh... you're the best person for this position yeah sounds real good
2: Honestly, that kind of makes sense because of, like, how Wano's arc was, like, are we going to succumb to isolationism? Are we going to wither behind our walls before we visit the world? And so, like, once they have that, they know Momo hasn't opened up the territory yet, but, like, is planning to. Mm -hmm. So I, I like that they chose Carrot for that specific reason, to be like, yes, you know, this is our thing. Our lord is going to follow a similar path along the way. You guys could probably be allies. We'll
4: probably have to be.
1: Yeah. Young Shinobu.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, prime Shinobu back this chapter. It's crazy.
0: Uh, what what's, what's the writing for this? I'm just a little haggard from an accident. Really? You're so beautiful when you're haggard. Oh my god, Sanji. Hold on, wait a minute. I'm going to be the next... Wait. I thought there was other writing for Shinobu's form right now.
1: I I don't think there is. I think it's just that for whatever reason, you know, Chopper's fucking god tier medicine skills brought her back to her prime <laughs> form. That's oh. basically all.
0: Holy the shit. Really shit on it. Yo, what is that? Wait a minute. I could have sworn and there was some other shit for that. <laughs> <laughs> nah, what? <laughs> Wait, it's just implied that it's chopped? Wait a minute. Now, nah, let me pull up the TCB. I swear I read something about why that's the case. Hold on. One piece. 10, ten fifty. Okay. So, did you say that mature ladies are? It's me, Shinobu. I know I'm nothing but skin and bones after that accident. Okay, wait, maybe that made me think that? Okay, okay. I'm just a little haggard from an accident. I'm nothing but skin... So so when it says I'm nothing but skin and bones after that accident, does that imply that after all the damage that she took, like she shed her... Wait, she's she's taller now, too. She was short and stubby. Now she's tall and skinny. Oh, Jesus. Okay, anyway. Or...
2: Did she have One Piece proportions where she's always been that high? She is just super round, and after Green Bull drained her,
1: she's like, yes, welcome to Oh, oh, to it Lyco. was
0: Green Bull! It was Green Bull! Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, wait yeah, a minute, Green wait Bull, a minute.
1: because they're both drained as shit. Yeah, like, I see them. Yes,
0: yes. Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. They're basically vegetables. Like, oh my god, I right felt now. I felt so stupid for a second. I was like, dude, wait a minute, I know well, there's more I, to I this. Why? I still...
1: I don't. I I think it's really more fan service than anything because there's really no justification for it. Look at Rizo; he looks like he's the same size, and unless we get like a fucking cut, skinny ass Rizo in his prime form, like, does it really make sense? I think it's more so just fan service than anything. Bring fan back, service Rizo, him back coming soon, bringing <laughs> back Prime Shinobu because she's hot. Sure. Yeah, she's know. hot and it's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I mean, like I said, unless we get like a prime cut ass Rizo. And you can tell she's taller in this panel where she's laid up. Ryzo looks the same fucking size, so.
0: I don't know. Yeah, Could so they're, they're, they're skinny with with they're skinny with IVs in them. And some, like, squirrel mink is, like, you know, tending to their, like, bandages and shit. And then the next time we see him, yeah, it's just boom. I'm just a little haggard from an accident. So maybe... Yeah, I don't know why she's taller, but anyway, I I feel like it's fu- it's fine. <laughs> that is, I don't, yeah, I don't that's weird like... as shit. Like, but whatever. Like, comedy. Fine, I think whatever. it's
1: just a little bit of comedic fan service, yeah. Because yeah, I, don't know. I mean, <sighs> think about the kind of things that like
2: Wano's been doing, right? It feels like um, it feels like a like a rakugo comedy a little bit, like Kinemon, All his expressions, like at the bottom of page three. I have to say, after 20 years, she's still just as beautiful. And then they go with, like, dogs like cheese, but that's too much. And then you have, like, you know, Kinemon being kind of the patsy, not realizing it's the old lord. And his face on the bottom of six. He's just like, oh, you know, like that gong sound. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, I don't know, there's just a lot of comedic bits to kind of, like break up all the political implications and kind of, like, the heavier stuff that's kind of creeping through. It's, like, buoyed by, like, little pocket balloons of levity. Yeah. With, like, um, like, 12 and 13 with, like, the guys trying to figure out which island they're gonna take.
1: Yeah. I actually do like this scene that we get from Sukiyaki where he's like, you know, I'm sorry, um, that I never like revealed myself and that I've been such a scrub and a fucking shame and shit and uh, and they're like no you like you're a grandfather you're our last living fucking relative like this is a huge relief knowing that we're not all a fucking loan with just one another like we have another relative that we can actually you know cling to and learn from that is of our bloodline proper you know yeah so that actually felt really nice to me
3: yeah for sure
2: I th- I thought it was an interesting kind of moment, because, like, I remember him previous saying, he's like, I don't have the right to reveal myself to any, mm. anybody, including Momo, and then he does it anyway. So part of me was just like, is it that, or at the same time, like, you know what, people change their minds all the time. Like, I'll mm. change my mind five ways before I finish a sentence sometimes, and <laughs> it's rough, but, yeah. like, it happens. Yeah. Like, yeah plus like everyone seems to have known the thing like at the bottom of 6 it's like you're, I suppose you were all aware and like Kinemon's the only one that didn't know so like I, yeah. I feel that I, I can understand that it's just like man he's being stupid why are you trying to hide We we all know it's you
0: yeah yeah that's wild that they really bounced without saying anything to Momo
1: yeah that is kind of crazy I thought that too like what that is um, so different. <laughs> to me, it's
2: almost like the idea of, like, this is growing up, lost time, right? You don't know what you got till it's gone. Plus, like, Momo's treating it almost like a game. Hey, teach me. Let's let's play swords. Teach me these techniques. Let's do this. Let's do that. And it's he has to, like, he has to grow f- without them. Right for going forward it's just and like usually it was I... like for them it was like a clean rip yeah you know what i mean
0: i feel like they usually be wanting to say goodbye to like you know the main characters of the island that they just liberated like usually and if they're not going to in this situation like that's fine but like i thought that there would at least be you know at least one dialogue bubble dedicated to the reasoning as to like why like you know as it pans over to luffy with kid and everybody like maybe there's a line of dialogue from luffy that says something about why he, they left without saying anything to, to Kinemon and Momo and shit, but it's like, man, you spent so much time with these guys.
1: Yeah, the you most time that. with those two out of anybody.
0: Yeah, for real, you know what I mean? So it's like the bounce, yeah. not say anything, and then also the next time we see them not get a line of dialogue dedicated to the reasoning, why? Like, like all Luffy would have to do is say some pro- profound shit you know, about how You know, uh, Momo's got to Like, I don't know, he could literally say anything, and it would be, you know... I don't know, just to get nothing, though. It's just, like, weird.
1: Yeah, well, and the fact that they didn't even clean break it, like, slip away in the night, they literally said goodbye to everybody but them. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Hmm.
1: It...
2: Oh. So, I've got this weird idea, because they're at the bay, but, like... Momo and Kinemon and Yamato are all at the flower capital. Is that the reason why Yamato is there? And it's like, I'm going to go join Luffy and his crew. Why aren't you at the docks? And is it going to be like, Momo, ride my back. Or, hey, Momo, can I catch a ride? And then we can both go there. I'll make my pitch, you make your goodbyes. They'll accept me to the crew or they won't. And, like, that's how that's kind of going there because oh, if, like, damn! i'm gonna join their crew i'm like well you know the ship's already kind
1: of sailed yeah we get we get the same scene that we got when kaido first showed up like the clouds fucking come swirling in their darkest shit and then fucking we see momo's arm come down through the clouds like it's it's like a mirrored scene and then he's instead of being like bringing yeah. the straw hats he's like luffy bitch
0: yeah you didn't, didn't say goodbye <laughs> Here's your crew you member. Just... Goodbye. I'm out. Guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that, that would I think that I could I could actually see that. Yeah, I could see and then maybe we get, you know, the reasoning that I was talking about at that point, like when Momo pulls up with Yamato, and maybe also Kanaimon on his back to like deliver Yamato to the ship and, you know, be like, What the hell's wrong with you, Luffy? Why did you why did you leave without saying anything to us? And then maybe Luffy says the reason why then but without without that happening, because Yamato does have to get to the ship, right? yeah unless unless there's just like some weird, yeah, no no, 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 yeah, they're definitely already gone, and Yamato is still here on the island. Yeah, absolutely. So Yamato does have to get to the ship.
1: Well, so, I mean, these two these like they haven't pulled off just yet. oh, 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 because with the last panel that we get of them right before, like it's the last two pages. You know, they're still talking shit, like Law tosses the fucking poneglyph to killer. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, you know, we, we should all get it. We all took part in the taking down of Kaido and shit. And yeah. then, you know, uh Kid hints at this man with a burn scar. And then it's them talking shit and goes right into the Momo scene and then the Yamato Okay, should.
0: so then they did so then they left as in like left without saying goodbye on the way to the ship. Then yeah. they're on the ship having this conversation before leaving, and there's still plenty of time for Yamato and Momonosuke to pull up without having to, like, it's not like well, they've been gone for hours or something, and they have to. They're hide. still loading their ships. Yeah, they're and still shit. loading. Like, they their haven't ship. even pulled up. Yeah, yeah, I see it. I see it on the bottom of fifteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're chilling by like the pier and shit. Yeah. yeah
4: even yet. Yeah,
0: I thought that they had been gone for, like, a fat minute and they're gonna have to travel, like, across, like, some distance to get Yamato to the ship. But no, they, they left as in, we're on our way to the ship to leave, but we're still technically on Wano and we just didn't come see you real quick before we decided to start moving. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah
2: that's the way i want to take it to be honest
0: and it's crazy oh. too that fucking buggies out here putting bounties on marines oh my god like that is yeah. crazy i thought that we would like wouldn't hear you know like like is, is this going to be the next time we see bounty hunters since whiskey peak is yeah. on the opposite end for them chasing fucking marines For one reason or another, instead of pirates. Because a lot of people were complaining about how, like, the bounty hunter situation just kind of, like, fizzled out without us really seeing its, like, full potential in a world like One Piece. It's just like, oh, okay, all the bounty hunters are in one area and Zoro smoked them all. And now that's just the end of bounty hunters and the entire story of One Piece. Like, that feels kind of weird. Especially when all of this stuff is through, like, a bounty system where, you know, your bounty level rises and the reason why that matters is because people are supposed to be coming after you and we just like don't get that aspect very often in one piece so i like understood that as a criticism but like it they... kind of
1: caps out though right because in terms of the power balance system yeah that would be a huge wrench to throw in would just be these bounty hunters that that could like like if they are on the level of a yonko just walk into one's territory at any point in time and actually challenge them then how come we haven't heard of them before? Yeah, how come we didn't get, like, an established, like, hierarchy of the
0: world's best-known bounty hunters in the world? I mean, like, sure, we had, like, Whiskey Peak or whatever, but, like, I don't think anybody from Whiskey Peak is, you know, high enough of a name to actually matter when it comes to these characters' bounties. So it's, like, who are the bounty hunters that would chase people of this level? And if there are that many out there, then how have we not heard of them yet? So I guess maybe it's just, like, other pirates deciding you know in the moment to actually go after these characters instead of actually being bounty hunters i don't know but i do agree that it all has always felt kind of awkward in one piece that bounty hunters have been so scarce but if this is odas way of reintroducing that concept to the story in the form of bounty yeah. hunters hunting marines then I, but i mean at the same time though it's like look at these fucking bounty posters it's like is that fucking a kainu in the middle <laughs> Like, or are these just random ass? I guess these would actually just be random ass Marines then. And this side profile is just reminiscent of a Kainu for whatever reason. Yeah.
2: Square jarhead look.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, You know, uh,
2: but I totally get it. I like the idea um, of like counter bounties just because it's like, wow, everything's really stacked against the. You know, pirates, but it's not really stacked against the world government, even though they're the main
0: antagonist. And it's just a cool idea that, like, we've never thought of before. It's like, oh my god, holy shit, that's badass. We we're so used to these motherfuckers putting bounties on other people, never thought of the idea of people putting bounties on them. And like, that's just like such a cool and like badass like new like new idea to get in the story of One Piece. And the fact that it's coming from Buggy just like makes the hype levels that much higher.
2: It makes a lot of sense because, like, pirates could theoretically amass a ton of wealth. So, like, they could pay substantial money Mm -hmm. for these bounties. Mm -hmm. And I like the idea of this navy because it focuses so much on communication and, like, relying on, like, cool, calm-headed people to, like, absorb the information, react about it, and then follow a certain amount of protocol if they just all take the heads of various ships and kill them off, it would cause, like, a lag or, like, disarray in that sort of, kind of, like, communication network that the Navy really utilizes to make up for, like, the power disparity with their numbers and, like, the high-power individuals that are, like, the warlords of the seas of the Yonko. Yeah. So I think it's a really nice way to kind of, like, Chisel away at that seemingly, uh, imp- like chisel away at the power that is seemingly impossible numbers, yeah, by making them slower and right. not able to react. So that also forces like a time, like opens up like windows of time limits and then introduces the concept of time limits to like future actions because, like alright, we're revolting, we're here, the government's sending their agents, we need to smash and grab, we need to do this stuff before the tanks roll in, kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I like that, and I hope that those wrinkles do kind of like pan out.
0: Yeah, me too. Oh yeah. Yeah, now that they've, now that, and, you know, and you never know in a story like One Piece, like if new information is is given to us, who knows when the next time Oda is going to focus on that you know what i mean so it's like oda is known for you know having you know hundreds of chapters in between you know narrative points or whatever so it's like but this is one where i'm like i really want to see what this bounty hunter on you know bounties on marine shit is is doing like immediately you know what i mean like i want i want to see that like in the next couple of chapters at least a Mm -hmm. little bit but like it's one piece so like you literally never know when Oda is going to come back to it, and it's just like, oh let me man. Check please my calendar. I'm going to throw a dart. Yeah, please don't take too long on this one because it's been a while since we've, since we've had bounty hunters in this story.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm a big fan of saying let the author cook, but like, yeah. this story's been cooking for a long time, man. Aren't those arms tired carrying yeah. around that entire
1: cafeteria? <laughs> yeah. But, for real. Man. Love yes. that we get Luffy, you know, being Luffy here. They're yeah. like, "Oh fuck, the Pluton is in this country." Da, 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 I can't believe that thing actually exists. And he's like, "Oh, the one Frankie burned the plans for." And 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 uh, Robin's like, "Yep, yep, that fucking boss ass thing from the ancient, you know, fucking uh, kingdom." Do you want it? And he's like, "Nah, I'm good." Good, yeah.
0: There was the- like that. Yeah, and it's crazy because, like, it was a thought for so long inside of the community, at least the areas of it that I hung out around in. Um, So many people thought that Frankie just, like, built Pluton into the Thousand Sunny. (laughs) You know what I mean? And we were going to get, like, a crazy reveal later that, like, the fucking ship is the weapon or whatever. And, like, that sounded so cool to me at the time. And it made so much sense because it's like Frankie's the last one who saw the blueprints, destroyed them because he had them memorized and then immediately built a new ship that was fit for a pirate king you know what i mean so mm-hmm. it just like felt so good that he just like sneakily secretly or whatever built that shit into the ship and now that's just like been stepped on and it's like oh
1: but it's still i cool. don't necessarily think that i think it oh. could still really be possible because like while he doesn't want it right now yeah later in the story he could acknowledge that they do need it maybe yeah. and then frankie's like well good thing
0: Right, but then how would? Because we um, got it. How would how would Sukiyaki have known that Pluton is there on Wano if it was in the ship? Oh, because he rebuilt it because he had the blueprint. So there's two Plutons then. Yeah, one in the two, ship there then, would be two plutons yeah, okay, theoretically okay. at this moment i'm here i'm here i'm back on the i'm, I'm
1: on the page My the
0: head <laughs> i'm like duh blueprints means recreatable there can be more yeah, than one yeah yeah
1: because maybe it ends up in a situation where like he doesn't take it now it gets fucking captured by somebody who you know somebody else some other player blackbeard the navy fucking whoever and then at a point where they need it but don't have it frankie's like well I can uh, pretty easily convert Sunny into the Pluton, yeah. Because I remember these motherfucking blueprints every right. single letter. Oh sure. So then instead of him building it into the Thousand
0: Sunny at in East Lobby before, or I mean at Water Seven before they left, um, he could just have the blueprints in mind, able to incorporate it into the ship at any time, maybe upon Luffy's request. So that would feel pretty good too. Because otherwise, I'm yeah. like, I'm like, why would Frankie say, "Do you want it, Luffy?" Question mark. I think that was Robin. Well, there's two there's two tails on the dialogue bubbles. Right? There's one where it's like, that's right, the ancient weapon Pluton, which bears the name of a god, with the tail from the dialogue bubble pointing at Robin. But then there's a set even though it's all one blob, there's a second tail, um, you know, for the dialogue bubble, which could still be Robin's. But I guess I just like naturally assume that because Yeah, I guess I just naturally assume that because there was two tails, it was for two characters. But I, d- I think I've definitely seen multiple tales for one character's dialogue before in the bubbles. But I just yeah. wanted to assume that Frankie was saying, Do you want to lose? Because why would Robin say that? Oh, because Robin could be talking about the one at Pluton. Mm-hmm. But then also, the one Frankie burned the plans for is the dialogue bubble before that. So.
1: That, I think, is Sanji. Oh.
0: Because it doesn't
1: have the the text like Luffy's. Yeah, 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 for sure. Luffy's text is really indicative that it is him.
0: Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right, yeah. So I guess I just assumed that it was Frankie that was, like,
1: finishing that
0: that dialogue bubble. Like, Robin Mm. started it, Frankie finished it. And so that would make me wonder, like, why would Frankie be asking if Luffy wanted it if he already built it into the ship? Mm. But um, if he just has the blueprints able to rebuild Pluton inside of the ship after the fact, then that... Know makes sense to you, and he could totally do that, absolutely. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I don't know if I have anything else for One Piece this week, though.
1: Yeah, I think, not. um, I think that's about all I had as well for One Piece. Mate. Oh, yeah. I'm just excited to see where this cross guild shit goes. Yeah, I'm very, yeah, yeah. very excited to see Yamato as a fucking straw hat proper. Yeah, I hope Luffy isn't on some shit like. Yada. Yada. <laughs> like he's yeah. like, I refuse. You ain't coming on the ship, bitch. Get out of here. Right. Just
2: pulling some gold Roger stuff. Sorry. Yeah you... that. Nah dog. I can totally picture captain. her I make like decisions. My decision is nah. Yeah.
1: Facts. Like I can totally hear picture, you know, Yamato coming here, like prostrating themselves, like, I'm trying to join your ship. Like, let's go. Yeah. And Luffy's just like, Yada.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah (laughs) Yeah, he's all like super like ready to be on the ship like like oh yeah I'm definitely going to join no problem this is like what I was always meant to do and I'm finally here now and then Luffy just like what do you think you're doing no absolutely not and he's just like oh (laughs) I can see that moment yeah like what do you mean we had it all planned out it it made so much sense like what do you mean no yeah
1: but I feel like that would be stepping on a pretty big parallel and I do personally want Yamato to be on the crew I have me too he, ha- he has himself. to, he has to, um, it's got, yeah,
0: he's got to get on the, he's got to get on the ship. I can't, like, as funny as that would be, like, for the moment, like, maybe it's initially like a no or like a, you know, whatever, and then eventually he comes around before the end of the scene or whatever, but, like, mm-hmm. I can definitely see that being used for the comedy, but, like, it just makes so much sense that, that he would be on the ship because
1: of Odin. Has Luffy seen Yamato's, um, zone form I don't remember. That could be the impetus to it. Sure. You know? just okay. how cool it is yeah. he'd be like at Flashy. first he's like yeah that and then yeah. sees the sees the transformation
0: he's like Suge! oh yeah maybe he like gets pissed because Luffy says no and like lets a little bit of the transformation out or whatever in like some kind of like you know um, aggressive Angrish. aggressive reaction Rio. yeah yeah and then Luffy's like oh shit here's oh, you look cool as shit never mind get on the shit bro get on the shit bro, <laughs> bro. starry eyed like you know like oh shit I know you yeah. can do that
1: because I mean, we don't have a a on the. Oh, I'm. I'm the what? These, way, yeah. <laughs> chopper. We have two. I like. I like, almost don't consider Chopper a Zone sometimes. Like, I just think <gasps> at him like himself. You no, know? like, he's like. He's Chopper.
0: Yeah, we, this would this be. He's Chopper. You this know, would saying, be but I forget that he's the human, human reindeer. But yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. This would be the third Zoan on the ship, technically, because Luffy is all, is also a
1: oh yeah that still hasn't really fucking yeah set in yet set no, in and, yet fully yeah damn hasn't uh that's crazy in. yeah mythical zone bro yeah sure. well, boy. they wild.
2: don't have any zones
1: we have a well and zone as the caption <laughs> yeah that's wild that's wild yeah slap me later that's crazy but yeah that's all i had for one piece this week yeah i'm good all right. Well, that should do it for this chapter one piece and that will do it for this episode of the Project Manga Podcast. Thank you all so much for watching. If you did, be sure to slap a like on the video if you enjoyed it and subscribe to the channel for more fire ass weekly content. Make sure you comment in the comment section down below roast me for forgetting the Luffy's is and Do whatever you want. <laughs> also, like we said before, description box, you can find links to any and all of our individual social media accounts like Twitter, online communities like Discord, audio listening platforms to consume the podcast on as well as the link to our Patreon, If you wish to support what we do even more than you do already by just watching it. Um, Also, as we said before, um, no, no jump episode next week. The magazine, the publication is on break. We will be doing a tie in episode in its place. Stay tuned to the project manga, Twitter and discord in order to find out what the topic will be and what time um, the premiere will be. Um, So, yeah, That all said, this will be another stupendous episode of the Project Manga podcast. Wrapping up, I'm your host, Eagle, Knox, and I'm Melianis.
3: Peace!